This podcast is brought to you by patreon.com slash talking Simpsons. Head there to check out exclusive podcasts like Talking Futurama, Talk King of the Hill, the What a Cartoon Movie podcast, and tons more. I heartily endorse this event or product. Ahoy hoy everybody and welcome to Talking Simpsons where today's special is refried dog poop. I'm your host, the stern patrician Bob Mackey, and this is our chronological exploration of The Simpsons, who is here with me today as always. Hey, it's Henry Gilbert, and I call this podcast Wildfire. And who do we have on the line, our special guest today? It's Mitch in pog form. And this week's episode is Lisa's Pony. This is a whole lot of nothing. Ah, I'd rather be watching a boilers. <laughs> this week's episode originally aired on November 7th, 1991. And as always, Henry will tell us what happened on this mythical day in real world history. <gasps> oh, my God. Oh, boy, Bobby. Recent Simpsons guest Irving Magic Johnson announces his HIV positive status and retires from NBA basketball. Prince's cream is at the top of the Billboard charts. And... Uh, I wanted to have some fast food news in here. So at McDonald's, <laughs> the Happy Meal toys are actually one of my favorites ever. The Looney Tunes Justice League toy. Wow. Oh. Where it was like, yeah, it was like Bugs Bunny. And then you could put a Superman costume on top of them or like Batman costume on top of Daffy Duck. Those were those are some of my favorites of the Happy Meal toys. That is so. wild. I mean, the Magic Johnson news is this is a crazy it's a wild day. Yes. Yeah. And I think his episode aired, what, maybe two weeks before this? Two, three weeks? Yes. Yeah. In in ironic timing, because that episode had uh, Nick Weiger as yep. our guest <laughs> to talk about uh, Magic Johnson's <laughs> guest appearance. And now, now for the week this aired, we have Mitch on to, to talk about it, uh, his, his actual retirement. And yeah, that... That Prince song, Cream, guys, would you be surprised to know that it has a lot of double entendres in it, mm. uh, including like the uh, You Got the Horn, So Why Don't You Blow It, and uh, Cream, Get on Top. Cream. I'm only familiar with his bat dances. <laughs> Cream's a good song. It's a, it's a quality quality Prince song. And I, I think I heard Mitch uh, go, uh, when I said the day this, uh, this episode aired, because yes, it has been over 30 years. Mm-hmm believe it or not that oh no that just it just that hurt my soul a little bit that's all yes <laughs> these episodes get further and further back in time as we as we do this uh podcast but yes you've heard him earlier on the show joining us today is mike mitchell of the Doughboys. welcome to the show mike thank you for having me is 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 it's mitch and pog form has that been done too many times or oh no 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 it's uh it's been done a few times all right, all right once all right i'll, I'll, t- <laughs> I'll take it being the second instance i'm fine with that <laughs> Uh, but no, Mitch, we've, we've uh, been wanting to have you on for, for such a long time. It's so great to, to have you on uh, on the show for, for this because we we know, Mitch, that you know are so experienced with The Simpsons. We don't need to go over the fact that like yeah. you were also born in 1982, so you have the same <laughs> childhood love of The Simpsons we do. Yes, yeah. But but that's that's just the beginning of your Simpsons history. I yeah I I worked there. That's the, that's the big. That's I I ended up working there. I've, I worked at the Simpsons. That's my. I loved it so much as a kid. You know, on like probably the reason that I am maybe out in Hollywood at all, or even tried to do comedy in any way, is 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 from the Simpsons. And uh, yeah, just you know, my favorite. I still think, you know, the first eight seasons of the show are are maybe the best TV 
there ever will be. You, you know, I, I should have gone with uh, the dud when Homer makes fun of Milhouse for being a dud. I panicked and went with Alf and Pogform because I, I just I feel like Milhouse lines are so easy to recall. I feel like that's like the easiest. Mm-hmm. That's just like you can pull a Millhouse line pretty easy. Well, if you're, if you're on a podcast, you likely are a Millhouse type. Mm-hmm. So they just float up in your brain. And I assume, Mitch, when you were watching the show, you were thinking, these jokes are so funny. I wonder what food you have to eat to generate them. Because uh, you were a PA responsible for bringing a lot of the food into the writers. That's right. I was the writer's PA. It started at the writer. I got hired right around the writer strike. So 2007, I was working on a show called Shark with James Woods. He was the star. He was the star of the show. Uh, also, a, Simpsons, a great Simpsons uh, guest star. Maybe not a great it's only person. James Woods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say not much else to say about him. Maybe not a great person in real life. He had good scenes with a poo. That's yeah. about it. Yes, yeah. He's you know complicated. Uh, I don't know, maybe not even complicated. Just kind of an asshole. But. <laughs> I worked on that show on Shark. The writer's strike was coming up. I actually worked in the post-production office of Shark. I delivered DVDs to like uh, producers and directors and stuff like that at the end of the day, dailies and things like that, and cuts of the show. So I was working there. The writer's strike was, strike was coming up. I wasn't super affected because I was in post, so I actually had work for a while. But I remember the show was just going to come to an end, I think, after the writer's It was like, you should try to figure something out. So I called. I just called the Simpsons. I, like, found <laughs> their number on the lot and, like, gave a call to the production offices. And I was like, hey, are you guys, like, looking for work? And Colin Contrary, who worked in there for a while, he worked at the Simpsons, I think he's who answered. And he was leaving the job as PA. And he was like, actually, like, there are openings like and he was like, so if you send your resume over and I was like, all right, sure thing. So I sent my resume over and Tim Kalpakis made. So Tim Kalpakis was a member of my sketch group, the birthday boys. He worked at Gracie films at the time. He got he had gotten a, a, a PA job at Gracie films. He took my resume and put it on Lorena Adamson's desk. I hope I'm getting her last name correctly. And I got a call. I went in to for an interview and she's like so tim long put your resume on my desk tim long is a writer at the simpsons it's a you know much higher status than tim kalpakis at that at that time and uh uh and within the show and still it's <laughs> much higher status within the show than tim kalpakis and uh i was like i didn't say a word i just didn't say wrong it was tim kalpakis i just <laughs> nodded along and I got the job right then, like right, right around uh, the the like I think it was maybe still during the writer strike, and then I was the writer's <laughs> PA. So maybe when they came back, like I was I was there or something. And I and I went to the Simpsons movie premiere too, just right around that time, all in two thousand seven. So kind of an interesting time to be start working there because I think that there was um, a bit of like, hey. The Simpsons movie, we're, we're feeling good again. This is like, you know, like uh, the, the people are we're all excited about the movie and everyone, you know, people enjoyed the movie, uh, which I thought the movie was OK. I thought like uh, I, I, I didn't like love the movie, but I, I didn't think it was like a complete failure or anything like that. I thought it, I thought it was. No, no, no. Yeah, it had funny moments and stuff, but I was in there at that time and it felt a little bit exciting. But one of the writers, I won't say who it was, but he's a great guy was like, hey, we're just like, we've been like, we're all waiting for the show to die. He told me that the first day I was there. <laughs> and I was like, damn, that's like, that's that's interesting. To, I mean, especially 
when that felt like there was kind of more excitement with the movie and everything like that. But he, he told me that great writer still, still, still works there, still works on a lot of different things. <laughs> yeah. That, that was, that was my, that was my start over there. And I was there for three and a half, almost four years. I, I got a talk show pilot. That's how, that's, that's how I left. I'm sorry. I've talked so long. I've rambled on about my, no, oh, no, no. this my, is a great story. My boring Sim- Simpsons history, but yeah, I was, I was the, uh, the writer's PA on my first day there. Ian Maxstone Graham said, uh, you're like a, like he was like you're a comedian huh say something funny in front of the entire room <laughs> oh, and i like got out of it by being like a dummy i was like uh i'm not funny or you know i said something like that and they and that was like good enough to make them like give me a courtesy chuckle uh i love <laughs> i like i love ian too he's 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 a great guy i actually you know like most of the writers i kind of really got along with it was a crazy job in that you know i i had to get their their lunches and you had to make scripts for the for the table reads and get coffees and stuff like that it's it's split up the the show is split up between two pas and i think that maybe that's how it always was i don't know if back in the day there was even more i think i think maybe in like the you know the heart of the show the first like you know eight seasons or show so there maybe was maybe another pa and i'm sure there were later nights and those guys were staying later and we 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 did it It was that weird thing for us is that we came off the writer's strike so when i was so when i was there they were doing like double time and they were staying till like midnight and stuff for a few months to get like back on course basically uh well so then did you ring the the famous uh cowbell that announces that the food is here for lunch that uh, (laughs) they were still at practice then i certainly did almost every day if i was the lunch guy i was ringing that almost every day The, the cowbell bell which you know basically notifies the other there because the rooms are split up there's the bungalow and then there's like the two level offices right across from the bungalow have you guys ever have you ever been you've been in there right you've 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 seen the we uh, got to go to one uh table read once yeah so we've, we've oh, been okay. on on the fox lot though not in the actual like writer's room bungalow yeah we've been outside the bungalow i yes, think yeah but looking like creeps taking pictures in front of it yeah the, <laughs> the <writers. laughs> Jim Brooks is in there now. I think. I think they 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 moved their offices over over there. I think he's in the bungalow now. That oh, bungalow wow. has like. A, did they did they tell you that that bungalow has like a like like a lot of history to it? Supposedly is like Marilyn Monroe stayed in that bungalow, and like <laughs> it's in the writers' room. There's supposedly like a tunnel where like JFK visited Marilyn Monroe. Like like that's like that's, wow, that's, that's at sexy. least what they say about it. But I think I think Marilyn Monroe. I think that is legit that she did stay in that bungalow. And it's like a cool old bungalow that's it's it's kind of comfy. I was that that room was Al always had the the two Al Jean who was the showrunner uh, while I was there always had the uh, the two story office building. He was always in the writer writer's room up there, which was in the top. If you're looking at the building, the top left room. Okay. Um, and then and then there would always be like Ian Maxstone Graham ran that room for a while, and then Selman ran it for a while in the bungalow, which was like kind of like the room that was like hmm, i hope we get out early you know like that room that was like <laughs> i hope the day ends sooner and stuff like that so uh some of me and bob's favorite doughboys episodes are when you have on like matt selman or bill oakley and you talk through like favorite lunches of simpsons writers or just like mm-hmm. the, the practice of being like a uh, a hollywood writer who you know one of the few perks you can get is just a free lunch every day <laughs> this the, the selman stack was like a thing that of like Sel- selman selman is great because selman also try i love selman genuinely he's an awesome guy he's always been good to me and he also like he like tries to be like in in a funny way tries to be like a villain of like he bought me like a peanut butter stirrer and was like i need you to stir the peanut butter and stuff like that it's like very <laughs> it's like very it's like it's it's like trying to like 
he's like trying to haze you in the dorkiest, funniest ways, which aren't serious. But he 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 was great. I, I he always you know he always treated you like a human being, which is all you're looking for, you know, because when, when you're when you're just delivering food all the time, you're like, oh god, I'm like a food delivering mechanism, basically. Uh, that's why it's, like the scripts and stuff would lead to longer nights when they would have table reads. We'd have to, you know, wait till the script was done and then make copies of the table reads ha- and then have them couriered to all the actors. So things like that where you just – those would be longer nights, but that was kind of more interesting stuff. And then going to the table reads and phoning the actors in it was more a high-pressure situation. And I remember I was there for like a big table read when it was uh, like this – I think it was like Seth Rogen and he called in and Jim Brooks was there and then like the phone lines just went out. It wasn't even our fault. And I was like, oh, dear mm. God, this a huge mess it was, that was that sort of stuff was scary but you know for 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 the for the most part like that stuff is all fun and then delivering food and coffee is just that's the every day of the job is like feeding you know like 30 plus people <laughs> on staff which is you know it's 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 crazy it's a, it's a lot to do and there was yeah there was a selman stack where he, he would stack his would go from the counter to the cabinets above this we call it the selman stack uh oh, okay. he loves food he would try a lot of different things i was there when we like got in trouble for ordering too much food the simpsons has made so much money in the past that like i think it's a thing that they fought for and then i think on one side we you know people probably order too much food at one point and then they pushed back on that and and stuff like that but we i would go to a lot of different restaurants and try to you know you try to make the, the writers happy and and if they were happy you were happy you know that was that was that was kind of a part of the big part of the job i wonder how much disney is giving more or less mm. with food budgets lunch budgets than uh, than fox was i wonder my, my guess is that disney is worse you know what i mean like i mm. think that disney i mean like look fox is also a bad company for other reasons of course <laughs> fox news is awful and everything like that but i think disney is maybe worse with 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 money and the way things go over there i mean i know for a fact that they had to like get rid of some consulting producers and stuff once once disney took over so we had like, a feeling that the yeah. credits on the start of episodes was going to get a little shorter in the yeah. disney yeah seasons. yeah i think yeah. disney yeah. is just dropping off uh, crates of soilant to the writer's <laughs> office now I, it's a possi- suck on this pouch yeah it's a possibility i mean i think a lot of those guys know it's like a good job there's so many funny talented people there it dro- I, like you know i was doing my own stuff too so it was like this especially after i was a couple years in it would you know it would be a pain in the ass a lot of the time and you know when you had to go do a show and you were staying late it would it would sometimes be chaotic and then later uh eliza hooper eventually worked with me and she is awesome and she would help cover for me she also does comedy she's a director and a writer she's great and joe saunders who's a a a comedian writer and comedian and he would help me out sometimes too joe had the cushy job of he worked he worked in post he was like the post pa and that was that and he had and he had been a, a pa on the movie and there was a bunch of PAs on the movie, and then he was the post post PA. And then once Joe left, I was the post. I went from the writer's PA to the post PA for like a short stretch of time, and it was the easiest job. And I came in at like <laughs> noon a bunch and left at three. Like it was. In fact, I think they've now gotten rid of that job after oh, I was done good. with it. <laughs> yeah, I, like I, <laughs> I after I did the job, they got rid of it. Basically, you know, it's that sort of thing with any of those types of jobs where like there's a lot of great things that can come from it, and then after a while you shouldn't do it anymore. You know what I mean? And that I was at that state. I say that for any, I mean, like if someone is, you know, if someone's a producer on the, on our, my podcast, Doughboys, I'm like, if there comes a time where you're like, I'm done with this, you should, you get, get out of here. You know what I mean? You shouldn't, I don't mean that in a mean way. I'm like, yeah, of course, get the hell out of here. You're not supposed to do this forever. And that's the same 
with that job. It's it's a it's a lot. And I, like I I didn't have any real. First of all, the writers' assistants uh, while I was there were, were the, you know it was Jacqueline Atkins who uh, who had been there for for a, a long period of time since kind of the uh, early days of the of the show. Uh, and she's and, and she's great. And somebody else, Matt Marshall was the Matt Marshall was the writer's assistant. He went on to write for uh, Last Man on Earth and a few other things. He was great. Hmm. And he had been there for a long time. And I remember talking to him. I was going to leave. And he's like, hey, man, I'm leaving, too. He's like, he's like, you like kind of inspired me to get out of here. And I was like, oh, wow. Never yeah. inspired anyone to do anything ever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and and he left. No, he, Mitch, you you inspire podcasters every day. It's true. <laughs> yeah. A person who can't talk who does podcasting, but uh, uh, Matt Marshall was was great, and he got and he got a, yeah he got a, he got a great job. He's still writing. Super nice, super funny guy. And he had been in that right as the writer assistant for a long time. I think at one point I had wanted to be like, hey, maybe my course, like you know, maybe I'll. And this is like early on, and because I, you know, I started in two thousand seven, and I was I was on stage and performing again at that point, but I didn't know what I, you know, I didn't know if I would want to be a writer or, or actor or what. And so at one point I was like, maybe I'll do like the writer's assistant route and work, get into the room that way and keep working from there. And I think pretty early on, I knew that I didn't want to do that. And I'd sat in the room enough that I was like, I had seen what to do. And I just was like, I don't want, I don't want to, I don't want to have those long hours and days. And then like, you might get a script and you might like, maybe at some point you'll get staffed, but that's like a long shot. You know what I mean? Like, mm. so pretty early on, I, I was like, Oh, I'm, this is just a job and it's cool to have experience here and meet super funny people and Pamela Hayden, uh, who's the voice of Millhouse calls me every year on the anniversary of my dad's death. And I love her. She's like so sweet. Yeah. I I made, I made, I made, uh, uh, you know, I made good friends with her. Got emotional there for a second, but it's the truth. She calls, (laughs) she calls every, she calls me every, every year on the day that my dad passed away and, and, and we'll, and we'll talk and she's awesome. Honestly, all the, all the, all the voice voice cast I, I met there, you know, there's like people, every, I feel like everyone at the job who I wanted to like, I did like, which is, which is made me happy. That's great. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, and also Mitch, you've, you've been on the show twice, haven't you? I have. Yes. I was, I was, I did a voice at one point, which Selman, uh, hooked me up with, uh, like I said, I love that guy. He's the man. And I got to, and it was, and uh, it was a, a, it was a funny episode. It was a Selman episode based in Boston. I was like a boss. I was like at Moe's bar <laughs> and I gave Homer, I gave Homer some shit. And then Wags and I are in the, a podcasting episode, also a very funny episode, which I don't, did Nangle write it or did Nangle have a part of it? I'm not sure, but oh, uh, Christine, Christine Nangle, Nangle who I we think, know. I, I think she did write that. I think, well, yeah, uh, she, it's, it's called the podcast news, you know, podcast look news, that up yes. real quick here. podcast news. Which I used to, that was the other one too, is like, I, you know, I watched like the first like 10 to 12 seasons of the show all the time. And then like, I fell off on new episodes by the time I like got to college, you know, so was still kind of watching in high school, I would say towards the end. So 89. So I graduated. Oh yeah. Cause that's season 12, you know, when I, when I was, when I was like graduating high school, season 12, 13 yep. around there. Same and so us. college, I would, I would try to watch a little bit and, and that's probably where I fell off and then being there you just you know people call and ask for their episodes you just you know KABF07 is you know whatever I can't remember them specifically now but like uh you you just when when you're there you especially since I was there for three and a half years you would just kind of know everything you know like you and 
it would be great just working there for three years when you just knew every you could just open a script and you just knew every when you had a highlight for someone when we carried off the scripts or table reads you just knew every character they played which now I wouldn't be I've gotten rid of some of that information in my head but on <laughs> Doughboys on my podcast I have talked about Al Jean's coffee order which I still know by heart <laughs> Oh, what uh, is which, it? It's a large decaf, non-fat, sugar-free iced vanilla latte. That's his. That's his. Uh, that's that was his coffee order. So, if you see Algene in a Starbucks, have your spec script on hand and get him that drink. <laughs> yes, large decaf, non-fat, sugar-free iced vanilla latte. He will. He'll be happy. I don't know if he's changed it up. He loved diet sun kiss when I was there too. Yeah, you go like grocery shopping and stuff too. But like record days, you'd have to set up for record days that were annoying. Like there was like annoying stuff that you had to do with it for it. But like that was always fun. Seeing guest stars was always fun. Table reads were always fun. And you know, as someone who loves like Simpsons lore and behind the scenes stuff, like late night, like when they're working on a script late night, or there's like writers meetings or retreats which they did at the in the room basically by the time i was there those were always kind of fun like the book came out when i was there and like al gene had me go buy a copy of the book for him and graining and and james l brooks and then all the writers were mad at me the next day because i had mentioned that the book came out and Al was <laughs> like oh it did i was like yeah and he's like go get it for me i went and got it and brought it to them and then they those guys were just like looking at the book for a lot of the night and they and they stayed there super late. So uh, it was my fault. <laughs> my fault that they stayed super late. But uh, but I, I love all that stuff and like huge late night fan with, you know, Conan and Conan came in one time and EMX Stone Graham called me up to the writer's room to like he wouldn't tell me what it was about he's like will you come up and take my lunch order and i was like i just got it you want to like i just and i just got mm. in the lunch orders and this is like an annoying thing that would happen <laughs> where a writer would be like hey can you come over and get your lunch order after you just got all of them and you're sitting down at the computer to, to type them up and you're like okay and i was like i was like i just got them all do you want to just tell me what you want and he was like no no, no come up and it was ian being nice trying to like <laughs> surprise me and i and i walked up the stairs and i was like walking up and i was like holy shit that's conan wow. and conan was in the room and all the writers were like excited to see him and he was like they were like hey mike's from quincy it was it, it was like another wow. moment where i felt like i was in the front of the room talking to like the guy who i think is the funniest in the world <laughs> and he was like quincy he's like People like you used to beat me, uh, beat me up growing up. So he's like, "Thanks a lot, asshole." And then he kept calling, me, he kept calling me asshole the entire time he was there. Like he saw me later in the other bungalow, and he was like, "Hey, asshole!" Like he kept doing it the entire time. I'm just thinking, um, uh, Ian Maxstone Graham and Conan O'Brien in the same room. You're just in front of two giants, yeah, two very <laughs> tall men, <laughs> super tall. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they, they are. They, Ian is Ian. Very tall man is based on Ian, the, and 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 it makes right. I, I believe so. That's and, oh, and, yes. oh that's yeah, that's true. Yeah, and 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 Ian is just is very tall, and and Conan is also tall and a giant in comedy. And I like was just trying <laughs> to keep up with them. And and you know not feel unfunny, and he was and he was he was so great. So uh, that was like one of the highlights for me working there was just me. Oh, I'll tell you what I t I told him. I was <laughs> like, hey, like I was supposed to come in and do a sketch for the Tonight Show. This is real. I was like, I was supposed to come in and do a sketch for the Tonight Show, and I went out to take lunch orders, and I left my cell phone. When I got back from the lunch orders, I I was at the Simpsons. I I I saw the call. I called back, and I. I didn't get the sketch because I was just they had cast someone else in that uh, 20 minutes and Conan was like 
oh yeah he's like he's like what was it i was like a lumberjack sketch or whatever and like america's <laughs> next top lumberjack or something and he's like he's like i remember that sketch he's like the NBC executives were watching that day, and that sketch went so poorly that they decided decided to fire me. So thanks a lot, asshole. And he called me an asshole again, uh, which was very funny and not true, of course. But uh, it was. I mean, it, it made it made my day because I and I had always wanted to be on Conan. The Conan was like the other thing besides The Simpsons, which kind of make made me want to go into comedy. So oh yeah, us too. Yeah, I, I, yeah. We're we we have so many similarities, Mitch. Yeah. You don't, uh, it, yeah. But, <laughs> well, uh, you talked about a long a lot of long nights writing comedy. This episode is inspired by those long nights because the production history behind this episode is Al Jean and Mike Reese are running the show. Uh, Mm -hmm. Mike Reese describes this episode as being quote unquote dumped on them Mm -hmm. in that they were running a show and also having to write this script so they're working 12 hour days on the show and then between the hours of 10 and 1 writing this script so everything happening to Homer towards the back half that is the life the lives they're living like I think Al Jean is a new father at the time too oh yeah yeah so and I think this is what Mm -hmm. really pushed Mike Reese out of being a showrunner (laughs) this and his experience with the critic and Teen Angel just he had a lot of rough experiences in the 90s now he likes one day a week yeah, that the I don't blame him. The Homer falling asleep driving and just like this is you you hear about the very late nights, especially at the in season three of it for and like uh, Mike Reese's book. I I just was rereading the sections about this time in it, though he doesn't speak specifically about this episode. But yeah, he's like season three. They're in their late twenties. They've you know they're like this is the first time they've ever shown on anything, and they're also worried like Sam Simon's gone. Are we gonna? crater the show are we going to be known as the guys who killed the simpsons because we're these two untested showrunners put in charge of it it's like oh it's 3 a.m now it's time to write the episode we have assigned to us after doing everything else all day and uh it's reese crazy. also it's funny he kind of has an axe to grind in one page where he talks about how yeah. he's he says like other he's like other writers are complaining of how hard they were working i was working four more hours than them every day and, he, <laughs> and, and reese mentions too that he gained 80 pounds working on the the series and uh he worked he worked it all off and is is uh stayed stayed in good shape since but yeah he's yeah it might, you see all pictures of him he looks he looks thick yeah yeah, yeah. i mean the mr bergstrom caricature of reese is much thinner than the season four caricature of reese so you can oh, yeah, see front, his weight yeah. gain throughout the cartoon version <laughs> of him as well <laughs> now it's uh and he he mentions uh one episode uh, one bit from this episode that ruined his day which was like he said they were both working 100 hour weeks that al Jean like had walking pneumonia on it uh and passed out briefly Jeez. while editing an episode <laughs> and then like got up and he's like no okay back to back to the editing uh and reese said that he never took a day off but one day he's like okay i have to take a day off this day i'm just gonna sleep all day no one call me and then he said that at 7 a.m or 8 a.m that next day he was got a phone call about this episode of somebody saying like so you want that uh, the guy who runs this uh music store to look like wally cox do you mean this wally cox from the-? and he's like ah despite being written under duress it's it's one of the best episodes I think and so I, I think too, they yeah. credit um james l brooks for filling in a lot of the the gaps that they couldn't fill like a lot of the great comedic lines and speeches are up are his uh, contributions to this episode 
Well, you also, the crazy thing about all this too is like, they're show running in their late 20s. They are like, now that I've been in Hollywood for whatever, 17 years or whatever, I'm like, that's just insane to me that these young guys were running the show when they were, when they were 29 years old. Like, and I, and I know that it was a young show, but when you think of just what that job is and, 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 and what it takes and everything like that and what it, and what it takes out of you, just, it's, it's crazy to me that someone a decade younger is doing, than I am now is doing something like that. No, it's, 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 crazy. it's wild. Wonder Kids, yeah. The Simpsons will be right back. Thursday, Homer tries to buy Lisa's love with a pony. I know you love me, so you don't get squat. <laughs> On an all-new Simpsons. Hey everybody, it's Henry. Welcome to the break and we hope you enjoy this one even if we didn't get you a moped. And a big thank you to our guest this week, Mike Mitchell. We've been wanting to have him on for such a long time and it was awesome to finally get him on. You know Mike Mitchell from the very popular podcast, The Doughboys, plus tons of TV shows and movies. He's such an awesome guy and I hope you guys enjoy him sharing his Simpsons experiences with us. Please check out all the cool stuff Mike Mitchell does. Thanks so much, Mitch. And a big thank you as well to our many supporters at Patreon, because me and Bob can only do this as our full-time job because of the support of those folks on Patreon. For five bucks a month, those people let me and Bob do this as our real ass jobs. And they also get so many perks, like next week's episode of Talking Simpsons, a week ahead of time and ad-free. You could hear it right now if you signed up. Plus, a ton of exclusive podcasts, over a hundred of them. Each month, you get to hear a new episode of Talking Futurama and Talking of the Hill, where we go through both of those series super in-depth, just like we do The Simpsons. And there's a giant back catalog of us covering every episode of The Critic of Mission Hill, our 10 favorite episodes of Batman the Animated Series, and lots and lots more. Go to patreon.com slash Talking Simpson to check out all you're missing out on at that $5 level. But if you want something even nicer than a Scottish deer hound, then you should check out the premium level at patreon.com slash talking Simpsons, because there you get access to all of the $5 things I just mentioned. And also our monthly, what a cartoon movie podcast where me and Bob talk about an animated feature film, super duper in depth, sometimes over five or even over six hours long. Right now, when you're listening to this, we are deep into the summer of Disney Renaissance, where we are covering a bunch of the, Disney classics of the 80s and 90s. Last month, we covered The Little Mermaid. This month, you're going to hear us talk about Beauty and the Beast. And there's a gigantic back catalog, almost four years of what a cartoon movies at your disposal of us covering things like South Park, Bigger, Longer, and Uncut, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, Kiki's Delivery Service, A Goofy Movie, Akira, and so, so much more. We really cover the gamut of so many different animated feature films. And you can only hear me and Bob chat about those and all the other $5 stuff if you're at the $10 level at patreon.com slash talking simpsons and yeah it's uh, it's funny to hear your stories of, of you know back in your time there that they were still having late nights at times though 
I would think Al Jean probably did finally got the workflow good enough that he's not working 100 hour days or weeks. Oh no, not it. I mean, when I came back from the writer's strike, that it was it was basically like double session of scripts. So like they were doing two table reads a week. You know what I mean? It, it at first it, they were just catching up, and that and so it had that vibe. And the movie had that vibe too. You know, the, the because they were they were in production while the movie was going on too. There was a room for the movie, but they would go. They would have late nights with the movie and stuff like that too. And you were I there when I, the ride was being worked on too, right? I was there uh, when the when the ride was being worked on. Uh, yeah, Matt Warburton did a ton of work. On on that ride i was there when they started having the holiday party up at the up at the ride and everything like that the premiere party rather i think they still maybe do it uh the the well not since covid but mm. simpsons like simpsons land in in at universal is where they would have all the staff because it's huge you know it's like all of film roman and and everything like that that's the other thing i didn't think of the holiday gift was one of the worst things ever <laughs> when I worked there. And when I worked there, it was, there was something called, it was, it was, the gift was the Marjuvac, which was like an Eureka vacuum. And then we'd cut it open and like put in this like thing that was like, it's the Marjuvac. And then we'd put in a bl- uh, a blue wig. And then I just remember <laughs> having, and like they were, they were huge. And I had to deliver these Marjuvacs. <laughs> to like people at Universal because of the I was like walking around Universal I was walking around City Walk in Universal with like three vacuums like two and under <laughs> like one under one arm and then holding two in my hands and it was just like it was the closest I got to crying at that job there was another <laughs> moment there was another moment there was there was there was a there was Junior's Deli which whenever Al got that for dinner I would always be like fuck I hate juniors was just the worst it just meant like it's gonna be a super late night and it was a night where i had to meet up with my sketch group and it was like there was things that had to be done and they got juniors deli and i came back and every and they had dismissed the rooms and i like started to like weep (laughs) and then mark wilmore was there and mark came and got his meal and he's like they just left. Sorry, buddy. Rest in peace to Mark Wilmore. He's passed away uh, right. since then. But and Jacqueline Atkins. Jacqueline was still there. Jacqueline would always stay late and write stuff up. And she felt awful for me too. And so I brought like twenty meals to the my sketch group, the birthday boys house. And they lived off these meals for like two weeks. Like uh like just like food like probably way past like a week would have been good. I think they lived off of them for like ten days to two weeks of like Homer's like brown sandwich, which was <laughs> yeah. a real thing based on Al, as you guys know. I'm yeah that's right oh, yeah uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there 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 would there would still be long there would still be some long nights but not not like it used to be well and also mitch uh right before we came on me and bob recorded a quick director's corner to profile first time director of this week's episode so let's drop that in here so we have a director's corner for this episode. It's all about Carlos Baeza, who directed eight total episodes through the end of season five. This is his first, of course. And he performed multiple roles in the show as early as season one's Homer's Odyssey and started assisting directing in um, season two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's uh, he his assistant directing was all on Wes Archer episodes, okay. I noted. So that was who was, who was training him to be the future guy on the show. Yeah, And notably, this is something we don't talk about at all, really. He was the first non-white Simpsons director yeah as far from what i know about him based on things david silverman has said because by the way he's kind of a mystery he was a cuban-american right like yeah. a, a cuban immigrant i believe yeah he never appears on any commentary there's rare 
are photos of him out there there's a deleted scene on the season four dvds there's deleted scenes from the episode the front this one i'm really sad they deleted it because the simpsons writers all get drawn into the show for their joke in the writer's room but there's a deleted scene where bart and lisa go to the artist room and the artists uh like stick a piece of dynamite in a cat's mouth to write a joke i can name every director in there except there's one like handsome darker complexioned man with a ponytail i was like oh i bet that has to be carlos baeza that's the only season four director Uh, he missed not there misses one on-screen appearance yeah uh so according to imdb and our own research his first credit is animator on the roger rabbit short tummy trouble go back to our june what a cartoon episode to learn more about that yeah you know i wonder now with the uh this is a question if we ever talk to wes archer or david silverman again i wonder if it is like a networking connection thing like if he's a great a great animator who the connection would be of the networking would be bill cop is one of the head guys on tummy trouble bill cop is good friends with wes archer and david silverman which is how they all came together to oh, do yeah. the simpsons animation so maybe after tummy trouble and the entire roger rabbit group fell apart in like 90 early 91 that uh Baez is like i had enough of this disney bullshit i'm gonna i i my i've heard my friends at simpsons actually want to hire me i think it was a cop connection yeah, yeah. and i have to say this up front his episodes look so good yes. and i'm so sad the show lost him although he was there for two years so to name some of the ones he directed that look amazing radio bart bart the lover selma's choice deep space homer that's like half his episodes they Holy are cow. astounding looking and i associate his episodes with the simpsons having like more rounded muzzles like yes. more rounded lips like slightly off model but in a very charming Baeza-ish way. Yes, I love how the Simpsons look in his episodes. Like there is, there's a sphericalness to them that he really does well. And and I think too, I wonder. There's a bit in here that is redrawn from Bart the General, Lisa with the blow dryer in her face. And Baeza was an animator on oh. that episode, so I wonder if he even animated that section. You know, could he, be. Yeah. It's it's oddly fluid. That's why the joke works so well in that first episode and in yeah. this one. Mm. So this is all I know about him based on things david silverman has said david silverman said on a commentary he returned to cuba Mm. so that's all i know that all i know about the fate of carlos because it seems like he did that in the early aughts because there are some scattered credits after the simpsons so he co-directs uh one futurama episode and that's fear of a bot planet so he co-directs that uh he does storyboards for one episode of the proud family and character designs for one episode of quack pack and also he returned to the simpsons very briefly to work on storyboards for uh episode sorry season 11 the episode little big mom that is the uh oh, the wow. leprosy episode right right man or so, hansen's disease whatever yeah, you call hansen's. it now it's, yeah, yeah that's hey that's what marge says too it's named after that disgusting soda yes yeah no i it yeah from the sound of that it looks like he was just taking random freelance gigs and then eventually just said nam nah, I'm, I'm heading back to cuba no no more america for me i don't know i i it's such a mystery did like did, did a marriage fall apart did did a job not come did did family call him back to cuba what did he see where america was headed <laughs> yes yeah after 9-11 he's like i'm getting the fuck out of here man yeah. yeah but uh yeah so in the early 2000s a few more things a handful of storyboard credits on something called puccini's yard and i th- believe that was produced way 
before 2000. Okay. So I assume he left like in the very early 2000s. And then the last thing he has is an Argentinian production. The last credit he has is on an Argentinian production called City Hunters. Not City Hunter, the anime, but City Hunters, okay. which was produced for the Latin American market. It's a mix of uh, CGI and 2D animation. It's incredibly horny. There are clips <laughs> of it on YouTube. Uh, it's a lot of bodacious babes in uh, 3D settings. So. Boy, that uh, reminds me of the very horny Cyber 6 Argentinian uh, comics that yeah. I, I paged through for, for research purposes. Man, it's just really too bad. Like, Baeza is so good. Like, he'd, I I feel like he'd, uh, well, I mean, if he's now at retirement age, he doesn't have to come back. But he's the type of guy that I wish they'd have gotten him back for the movie. Like, he would have been a perfect yeah. uh, part of that movie. Or, you know, if Archer could get him back just to direct uh, Rick and Morty, I'm sure it'd be gorgeous. Like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, who knows? Maybe he left the animation industry. Maybe he's, like, painting murals in, in Cuba. Like, who knows what he's doing, but... Enjoying that wonderful healthcare there. Yes. Yeah. I hear it's pretty nice. Yeah. But, yeah, like, uh, no interviews. One photo of him on the internet Man. that I could find. Boy. Uh, nothing else about him. So he's a total mystery who kind of dropped off the face of the earth 20 years ago. I assume he's still around and still thriving, but just not in the animation industry. But when he was on the show, he was doing some of his best work. Yes, yeah. The, the animation speaks for itself. It's it's crazy to think that he was in the Disney theatrical group with Roger Rabbit. And after that, he's like, nah, I'm out of here. Like a guy of his skill, you would think Disney would want to keep, but it also, maybe he was a kind of a free spirit and didn't want to mm. work in the Disney machinery, especially after, listen to our Roger Rabbit short podcast on on what a cartoon if you want the full story but it sounded like they had a whole lot of freedom on those first two shorts and then the, when spielberg pulled out they're like all right you guys freedom's over like bill <laughs> cop said it to himself here's uh, a script yeah. here's a script you're not yeah. boarding this this here's the script and the script sucks. i mean who knows maybe tv production uh, ground him down like it did with david silverman like david yeah. silverman left for pixar and then came back maybe he's like uh, the animation is not for me at all anymore it just it's it's, it's too taxing and i want to mm -hmm. do other things so that is the story of carlos baeza carlos us if you're out there we'll, we'll talk to you we love oh, you yes 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 well this episode begins actually with a bit about homer it's it's one of their many film parodies i think too this is you know yeah. al and mike it's not surprising that they would go on to do the critic right after this because they would start so many episodes with lengthy film parodies it's a 2001 one i think it's one of those many things where i as a kid only would watch these classic films because yeah. I had to get the joke in The Simpsons. Like, I never... I, it wasn't from this one, though. I think it was finally after Deep Space Homer had so many. I was like, all right, I have <laughs> to rent the VHS of yeah. this movie. For me, I think I finally saw 2001 in 4K, a uh, screening of it, five years ago. And as I was watching it, I was enjoying it. Mm -hmm. But I was thinking, there's that reference, there's that <laughs> reference, there's that reference. And I get them all now. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, when I was a kid, I mean, that's the great part about The Simpsons, too, is like, you're like, I have no idea what the hell any of this means. But later on, you're like, oh, I and you when you can still find it funny, even though you don't get the reference. I think that's like a part of the genius of it is a little kid is laughing at the 2001 reference and not having never seen the movie. And then later you like it more when you actually appreciate it. But it's just funny monkey smashing stuff when you're you know, yeah, exactly dying. that's. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, which is good homer as a, as a as a monkey back in the day is 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 great in prehistoric times it's awesome i was actually misremembering this joke because there's a critic opening joke where it's the opening it stinks movie clip and in that clip 
the monkeys are hitting the monolith and it's like a soda machine. Right. And I, right. I thought that was going to happen here, but I was misremembering. But written by the same people, so it's yeah. fair. It's supposed to be read. The joke is that Homer the ape is inventing goofing off after meeting the uh, the monolith. That's the that's the extra level to the joke that I never really got until hearing them explain it on the commentary. But yeah, they even make it widescreen to copy the seventy millimeter style of of uh, two thousand one. And uh, so Homer is awoken with monkey noises by a phone call from Lisa. And Lisa needs some help in our first clip here. Dad, I'm calling about the school <laughs> talent show. Don't worry, I know it's tonight. No, Dad, I broke my last saxophone read and I need you to get me a new one. Uh, isn't this the kind of thing your mother's better at? I called her. She's not home. I also tried Mr. Flanders, Aunt Patty, Aunt Selma, Dr. Hibbert, Reverend Lovejoy, and that nice man who caught the snake in our basement. Wow, and after them, <laughs> out of all the people in the world, you chose me. Uh-huh. Yeah? Number four and a half read. Got it. Well, you're in for a whale of a show tonight. Uh, I'd like to point out that the doors are now locked. So you parents can't sneak out of the show after your own child is performed. Oh, and let me caution the people in the first five rows. You will get wet. <laughs> <laughs> Even Lisa knows, like, yeah, you are useless, Dad, but I have literally no other options. Like, you have to. It's got to be you or nobody. <laughs> the nice man who caught the snake in the basement yeah. is so funny. <laughs> uh, she doesn't even know his name. The per she, she called the nice guy. She just called the nice man who caught the snake in the basement or tried to call him. Is that what it was, I guess? Yeah, yeah. He wasn't answering either. Like, yeah, I guess, you know, this is before <laughs> cell phones. This is yeah. how it works. They, uh, that Marge, uh, Marge is, must be driving on the way to the talent show. But, uh, yeah, and the, 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 by the way, the little gardenia in Lisa's hair, that's supposed to make her look like Billy Holiday. That's the, uh, the reference there. So like the design of Miss Atomic Pile on that, uh, on the calendar there. <laughs> that was Su great. Suggestive rod. And this is the debut of King Toots. And because of this episode, it has to be next to wow. Mo. Unless there's, it needs to be gone for a joke. Mm -hmm. But yes, uh, this is the debut of King uh, Toots. And the the proprietor as well, who I don't think we see very often. No, no, he's pretty, pretty great though. Yeah. Homer Homer wrote that info on his shoe too, correct? When <laughs> yeah. we were hearing him write it down. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. It he writes it on his shoe while like, but he has to. And he also already had written down over a hole in his shoe, like fix this, which uh, shows you how much he reads his shoes. But <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, I uh, and also you know four and a half read Al Jean, his brother is a professional sax player, and so he had asked him for the tip on that. Okay, like what's the read Lisa would use on on her. Uh, out of wacky sexes. <laughs> but <laughs> I love that. Though also, uh, yeah, several things in this episode feel like Gene and Reese like doing sequel jokes to like season one or two things. For for instance, the this talent show setup, it pretty much is like you know the setup of the first episode, the Christmas special. Yeah, much better with, jokes uh, though. Yes, you can yeah. see how far they've advanced. <laughs> it's also funny that everybody's bored of this talent show. The the people are incredibly talented. Like the kids are actually better than any. I participated in a talent show once. I probably wasn't. Inspired by this episode as a kid going like oh i can be a comedian like bart uh it was embarrassing i i regret doing it what was your was it a tight five yeah it was how did yes. you open uh well basically <laughs> can, I, can i ask you yeah can i ask you quickly did you sing my dingaling no no i didn't <laughs> i what i did do was rip off several jokes by gallagher is what i did i just stole gallagher jokes i got why do you drive in a parkway and that park was in a driveway yep, yep. that was definitely the, the one i remember ripping off yes, <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's that is great and by the way 
if I saw a student singing my dingling, I I would be like, this kid is funny. <laughs> I think I, I think I would enjoy it. I love that joke of them locking the door so no one can leave. It sounds it's it's a great little a great little touch. <laughs> the, have you ever been to a thing where they warn you you'll get wet? I've I've been scared of those. I went uh, I I only went to one thing, the Evil Dead musical that used to be in Las Vegas. If you were in like one of four rows, you were gonna get splashed with red Kool Aid the whole night. So it was uh, in place of the blood. <laughs> so I I sat far That's back. Great. I did not get any of it. I was too scared. I was too wimpy. I think I got to like, yeah, like SeaWorld or like aquarium shows, but never, never uh, a school talent show, luckily. <laughs> uh, and yeah, so Homer stops at King Toots. It just so happens to be next to Moe's. And uh, as in most episodes, what's unspoken in all these is like, well, Homer's an alcoholic. That's his problem. Like, that's yeah. what prevents <laughs> him from being a good father is that when he sees the bar and knows that he can drink a beer in three minutes before the five minutes are up, that, so good. that he does that instead of, of doing it yes yeah I, and you know what when mo tells him how to uh he doesn't tell him how to do his job every time i pour myself a beer i remind myself of homer's helpful tip on how to not get too big a head on it yeah you gotta tilt the glass yeah yeah unless you're doing a milk pour by the way uh, that's something i learned oh it's called a milk pour i haven't heard of this it's not worth doing uh, okay <laughs> but uh i also like uh this is the nicest mo's ever been in this episode like he's somebody who we've learned later saved a guy from a burning car yeah. and his wife and and in this one he's just going like sorry homer sorry homer. like he's the yeah, nicest guy there's a, there's a double read of sorry homer that i wrote down that it's great when he says <laughs> yeah he says to sorry homer twice or something yeah uh, but uh but yes they show uh then i believe uh, a knife no the uh the the stacked chairs balancing act which mm -hmm. just getting tepid applause nobody cares and this is where we get another yeah. first appearance in this episode is this uh lunch lady doris the first appearance of lunch lady doris yeah wow voiced by the late doris grau she passed away in 1995 we talked about her plenty mm -hmm. and of course she would go on to voice doris on the critic and she was a script supervisor and her career went back like to the 40s i think yes yeah. or perhaps even earlier a real selma diamond voice it was uh yeah i don't uh, you, ever, you ever hear any doris grau stories around the office mitch no not not uh, you know that was it was way before my my time but everyone would just said that she was a, a delightful woman that's like kind of all i i had heard about her but nothing nothing no no behind the scenes stuff they al and mike loved her voice so much they just made up a character for her on the on the critic to be a regular character i i get that i mean that that she her voice is fantastic Yes, uh, I also love that Skinner, when he tells that Kim kid who's leaving the stage, like, I want all those chairs returned. No, I'm not kidding. He makes sure it's like, this is a stage pattern. I'm not kidding. You put those chairs back. <laughs> it's still. Uh, I, did, I, did, I, I got to meet Marsha Wallace, by the way, which oh. was. Which, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, which was great. Man, did, uh, though, did you ever meet Harry Shearer or was he always calling in at that time then? Uh, I was there when Harry stopped coming in. Actually. Oh. I was <laughs> I was there it? at the time when 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 Harry stopped coming in. So uh, it was uh, you know in my experience with him he was uh, he was always uh, was always nice about it you know uh, but uh, but always nice to me and there there was that contract dispute and oh yeah yeah oh yeah that, so you were working there during the time where he briefly quit the show that's wow crazy times man yes it was it, it, it really was crazy times he was he was always nice to me you could you know you could you, you i think he's an ordinary 
ornery guy you know i think you can sense that from him but you know i i, I never i never had any i never had any problems in the first day. i'm also a pa so you know mm. uh well, hey I, a guy I, who's I, nice I to pas that's a good sign i think yeah yeah he was he, i mean he, and he's uh, everyone on the show is the voice cast is just so good and when <laughs> well you know at, at that time i remember when they were like talking of replacements for him or what like you know the outside world was talking about that even more than maybe they were inside the simpsons but i was like it will never it won't be the same if that guy is it just won't i feel like every voice actor on that show is just so important to the show that if if one of them isn't there hey for almost every actor when they're gone they're gonna have to be replaced by like five other actors mm -hmm. you know <laughs> yes uh yeah everyone AI. who can specifically do yeah exactly yes yeah, or, or ai <laughs> well and as we know disney loves paying voice actors lots of money we know that famously they love, it. They love doing it <laughs> <laughs> uh <and laughs> but anyway uh so yes uh then fun cut to uh well homer thinks he's got five seconds uh, 15 seconds to spare heads over sees that the it's closed comes back and then insults the wimpy dork who who closed early and i just love also is like me and my trenchant mouth which that's which a great means, line Means vigorous or in incisive in expression or style. Homer that's, has a word of the day calendar, I think, uh, yes, in yeah. his office, and that's where he's getting this. And <laughs> then cuts to Millhouse playing the spoons, which apparently was based on a real uh, kid Al G knew from his talent show back in yeah, childhood. They didn't mention this on uh, the commentary or anything, but I know when Mike uh, Reese and Al G worked at the Tonight Show, because uh, Johnny Carson was a demented tyrant, he would make <laughs> the writers do a talent show for him. Oh, and I feel like it. a lot of this is inspired by that. I think you're right. Oh man, I think you're right. Why well, I was also thinking of Carson when Skinner is backstage like being a dick and then he comes <laughs> on stage like and is super nice and happy. It's like I, f I feel like that's a Carson reference there too. But uh, but yeah. <laughs> but yes, then Bart comes out and does his uh, insulting comedy, which I love that it's written like how a ten year old would write stand up, which is just saying like, "Duh, look at me, I'm Principal Skinner." Like it's, a ten year old doesn't know how to write like a good joke. <laughs> but you know what? Bart is just so charming and fun. Funny, that it, it just does make you laugh and i love that bleeding gums murphy right that's who that's yeah, that's, yeah. that's who ble bleeding gums murphy is like loving it <laughs> he's like he's giving bart like a doesn't he give bart like a 10 or whatever yeah, he, 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 he writes down like a he loves he, he which is which is so fucking funny to me but you know what i i guess lisa didn't notice that bleeding gums was there because she should have just asked him for some help you know he probably has a spare read sitting around he could have stepped in and stopped yeah. all the mockery from the yeah, audience he should have said 100%. i know i know she can play he's What's going on there, Bleeding Gums? Alan, Alan, Mike were staying up too late. They didn't think of it. I don't know what the <laughs> hell's going on. Well, and also they unfortunately could not get back uh, Ron Taylor for for this. It's a uh, a random voice for uh, for. I think it's Hank. Oh, oh, sounds yeah, like I Hank. Think you're right. Yes, yeah. So Homer is pleading for help uh, to get. Is pleading for help with Reed, uh, and he also doesn't have a picture of Lisa in his wallet again because he's an awful father. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but he finally convinces the guy please you've got to open that door mm, let me think about it eh, no okay okay but i want you to see a picture of the little girl you're disappointing mm, well i don't have one come on jer open <laughs> up be a pal remember when i pulled you and your wife out of that burning car okay okay but now we're even so what does your daughter need oh have you know i wrote it down number 
Number four and a half. <laughs> Don't wake up. Number four and a half. Read. Woohoo! Mm -hmm. And what instrument does she play? I don't know. <laughs> no boy. You know, I mean, we covered it. My my statement here is that it's weird when Mo is not the jerk in a scene. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> twice, I, twice in a row, it happens. I feel yes. like in uh, just a season later, the joke would be that Mo set that car on fire yeah. instead of instead of saving someone from a burning car. I like nice Mo. I'm a fan of Nice Mo. <laughs> you know, in future episodes in season 26, they introduce a different owner for King Toots, a band named King Toot, uh, who would in then season 30 be voiced by Will Forte. So new new ownership for King Toot after Jerry here. He mysteriously burned to death in a car. <laughs> Mo was not there to save him. <laughs> But yeah, so then uh, we quickly cut back to Lisa begging Marge for help. There's a fun series of visions of what Marge thinks is preventing Homer. And obviously, because home, as she imagines, like, yeah. oh, it's a broken, busted tire, kidnapped by aliens. And then she's like, oh, he's probably just getting drunk because he's drunk. He's a drunk. He, he has an alcohol yeah. problem. What's her reaction to that one is like, yeah, probably or something like that, right? Yeah, like, bingo. Uh, yeah. And then yeah, just, bingo. Yeah. <laughs> She has to lie to her daughter. Yes, yeah, like, oh, I'm sure he'll be here, which, uh, yeah, and then we cut back to Homer. The only way he can remember it is remembering what he yells at Lisa. Does Lisa stop playing that saxophone? Yes, yeah, it's stupid. We've all, we all bought uh, Simpsons Sing the Blues. Oh, yes, We yeah. heard him yell at Lisa on that CD. Uh, that was in Do the Bartman. Yeah. Is that playing that damn? So, uh, my dingaling. Yes. Okay. Let's this talk is about this it. is the first Here time we... I actually listened to it on its own. Like I've only heard this <laughs> reference. I never heard the song. It was a novelty song for Boomers, uh, performed by Chuck Berry. The original song was actually much older. So Chuck Berry's version is seventy-two. Uh, Dave Bartholomew's version is fifty-two, and it's much dirtier. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Wow. And apparently, also, oh, uh, it is a dirt. It is a, just a dirty song. Huh? It's a dirty song, yeah. Uh, wow. But wow. apparently, to just to make it like playable on the radio and stuff, uh, Chuck Berry made it a little cleaner, but still <laughs> referencing a penis. Wow, the, the cleaner version is the Chuck Berry one. That's funny. <laughs> and apparently, it's very hard to clear things for Chuck Berry because he owns the rights to all of his music. So, because a producer on the Simpsons album knew him, mm -hmm. they were able to work through the producer to license this song. Yeah, well, because in Simpsons Sing the Blues, Bart does sing a Chuck Berry song yes, too he that's sings, right uh, ring ring goes a bill hail hail rock and yeah, roll that's the dumb song yeah it's fine it's fine <laughs> but you were right the first time uh no it's fine and yeah that <laughs> i i looked this up when chuck berry died uh his my dingling was among the many song rights that were purchased by the dual tone records company for 50 million dollars in 2017 so now it's uh, much easier to get the rights to my dingling uh than than it was in barry when barry was alive <laughs> You can, you can get it wow. yourself, but that's so. Isn't that great, old Hollywood? That they're like, oh, our producer. We on. We had to call, ask our record producer friend to to contact Chuck Berry for us. I I can't believe that it's an actual dirty like. I like so just thought that it was just like a stupid little like <laughs> sing along song that from like the, the like the thirties or something that was not in any way dirty you know and I know Skinner stop like that's to me is a part of the joke is that this kid is, like is that Skinner is stopping the song for being dirty when it's when in my mind I didn't think it was but that's so funny to hear that it was like an actually filthy song which is great. <laughs> 
that's uh yeah i remember seeing this as first as a kid and thinking like oh that's a silly thing that kid made up and then later listening yes. to an oldie station i would hear that i heard the berry version of just like and i heard bells ring and that's uh, got caught on my ding-a-ling-a-ling oh my ding and it's a sing-along song with the audience you're you want them to sing and if uh, if you didn't like this song and then you must be playing with your own ding-a-ling that's how that's how the song ends dear <laughs> god <laughs> it is fun like i feel like skinner was in the bathroom or something he comes out way too late he should yeah. be on that kid after the first ding-a-ling is uttered well i mean honestly <laughs> he shouldn't have let bart on stage either yeah like, he's you know as a producer of this stage show he's not he's not in control of his stage no one's you know? vetting these acts yeah. it's kind of funny that he, like, he lets part do his thing but uh <laughs> like uh he just takes he takes the burn for 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 a minute there when he's when he's doing seymour <laughs> there's 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 also which i'm sure you're gonna get to but there's there's an iconic shot of of lisa coming up when she gets her hair dried like oh, to me well, that yeah. is like su- that to me is like something that was just like played in commercials a bunch like uh like her face like like her, like a uh, her skin loose on her face from the from the hair dryer it's like such an iconic uh image to me but oh yeah uh, this, this is before she goes on stage oh also to answer the question homer has asked baritone or uh tenor uh it's uh, lisa plays a baritone style sax bleeding gums is an alto style but lisa's mm. sax being a baritone it's shaped like one but a baritone is actually much bigger which was the original joke oh. uh graining had when he's like oh she plays a baritone saxophone because it would be a sax that's slightly bigger than her even oh that's funny she then gets on stage and uh, right as she's introduced skinner does his quick the like one of the last times the spinner mi- skinner misspeaks gag oh i just misspoke there just like skinner uh with stormy leather or weather that's uh that's a very <laughs> quaint season one joke of scare <laughs> but uh but That's yes great. lisa tries playing her wacky sax and it doesn't go well for her in our next clip Ooh, i hate to be that kid's father Uh-oh. that'll do it's not my fault it's the reed oh yes of course it's the read. <clears throat> Let's hear it for Lisa Simpson and her wacky sax. Yeah! <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Woo, yeah! <laughs> oh, poor, poor Lisa, just sobbing yeah. on stage, let down by her father in the worst way. It's, uh, it's- Skinner is so funny in... in- a couple different ways right in there it's it's so great <laughs> yes yes it's the sax and then let's give it over lisa simpson and her wacky sax trying to trying to play off this awful horrible performance as like a wacky fun thing like uh she intentionally did this or something yeah isn't it silly it's great. Yeah. Uh, oh of course it's the read like so dismissive and, oh that's what it was the yeah, read yes yeah. <laughs> and homer realizing he fucked up in that moment of opening the door like uh oh like yeah he's he's screwed cheering cheering her on yes yeah uh just the tears from lisa's eyes they are so sad in that moment there like it's uh it's uh, a lot of episodes in a row about bad fathers yeah he's a really bad in the next episode is saturdays of thunder and he's a pretty bad dad in that one too and then the crusty episode with his bad dad yeah yeah boy man so they were working Jeez. through some dad issues this, on this one. This, yeah, this poor writer's room. Jesus. <laughs> uh, but I want to talk about uh, Phineas Q. Butterfat's uh, 5600 Flavors Ice Cream Parlor. Yes. So it's the debut of this as well, and you can actually eat at this 
at Universal Studios, but the Mount Bellyache wow. is not on the menu. Ah, uh, yeah, I, Come I looked on. that up. Yeah, I, uh, though on the menu you can't get a thing like there's one thing named after Mr. Teeny, which is like Mr. Teeny's banana split. It's like a Conan cone or something. I think it's supposed to be a Conan O'Brien reference. Oh, even weird. But, uh, yeah, it's. I want to know if Mitch knows about this. So this, uh, this restaurant or eatery is based on Farrell's, which is an ice cream parlor chain that started in '63 and went defunct in 2019. And according to Wikipedia, quote, the largest wow. item on the menu, the zoo Sunday, was delivered with great fanfare by a number of employees carrying it wildly around the restaurant on a stretcher accompanied by the sound of ambulance sirens. So <laughs> they're parodying the wow. zoo Sunday with this Mount Bellyache like, thing. It's funny that they're, they're, the Mount Bellyache is like maybe more tame, like seems like a little bit more tame than actually what they're parodying. It's like it was on a stretcher with fucking with a, with a, with a, with a, with, a, with a, an ambulance sound. That's like a, that's that's wild. That's like a the and the by the way the Mont, the Montpellier looks great. It should be on the menu at Universal. I guess with inflation, think, that's I, maybe three hundred dollars that Sunday. Oh yeah, eighty eight to now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh damn. And that, would you pay? I mean, if you had a couple people, maybe it'd be fun to get. You know, I've never out of all the junk I've eaten at the Universal Springfield, the many times I've gone there, I've I've not eaten at the ice cream parlor because yeah, it just seems like just regular ice cream though i mean a crusty burger just is a burger it's not really any different but yeah uh, yeah they took i mean doc brown's chicken was a great spot and it is now it's now they took over that spot right it's now yeah the cletus they, chicken they still sell the, the doc brown brown Cle uh chicken plate there but yeah Okay, all right, yeah, yeah. Were you sad that the Back to the Future ride had to die so the Simpsons ride could exist, Mitch? A little bit, yeah. I remember I was I was I remember I picked up Al we we were there for like the premiere of the ride. We went like when it opened, and I remember I told Al cuz his his mom was going to ride the ride, and I was like, <laughs> "When we when we did the the Back to the Future ride, my mom sat in a non-moving seat." And he told he told his he told his mom that she could sit in a non-moving seat. Not true. <laughs> but uh, he was in the car. He was in the car with me. I told I gave him bad information. I think that the ride is is fun. But every time I go in there now, it looks like uh, it, it looks like it's like faded. Like the the screen looks like it's like doesn't look bright. You know what I'm saying? It looks like like the like the like the projection of it looks like kind of like a dark color and kind of like grayish or whatever but i think the yeah. i think the ride is pretty fun i think they did i think they did a good job on it that's my issue i think they need to change some bulbs in there it's just so dim yeah the picture it's so dim the, the the picture of it is truly dim it needs to be like brighter and but like the actual what actually happens on the ride is fun you know like i think it's i think it's a, a the backstory of maggie turning giant and everything <laughs> like that is fun you know, the ride made my mom sick. I hope Al Jean's mom was okay on it. <laughs> I mean, I think a lot of people got sick even when we were riding it. There was there was a sour milk smell when you were in Maggie's mouth at one yeah, point. Yeah, when you get sucked off by Maggie, it's, uh, you know. <laughs> uh, Did they change the sour milk smell to, like, baby powder I or something? I think it's baby powder yeah, now. The last time I wrote it was baby now. powder, man. It's better. You know, it's not as quality. It's an all right scent. The the, the banana smell on the Minions ride is, uh, is a preferable scent i think sure yeah <laughs> i'm down with that as well yeah the ride is okay it's, they did it they did it uh, warburton did a great job and i think like the story of it is good it's just is it's dim it's like a dim ride and 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 for that reason it kind of almost felt it felt almost old when it was new <laughs> you know what i yeah, mean like yeah. uh yeah. but but the uh i mean the 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 donuts there can't be beat the lard lad donuts mm -hmm. the are donuts so are so good yeah, yeah. <laughs> i didn't know that the they made them donuts 
on site until uh, someone came on podcast the ride who used to work at the bakery there. Yeah, I thought yeah. they were just freeze dried in like China <laughs> and shipped over in like in a warehouse for three years. But no, they're fresh. I would have believed that as well. Yeah, no, they're they're and they, like those. So when we would have the Simpsons the the season premiere parties or whatever when we have them up there, everyone would just be getting a donut to go. You know, and I would I mean I would too, and you just eat it for the next like three days, and it's yeah. great. That has to, again, I, I think I heard Al Jean say this about that Springfield world and like official stuff, but it does have to be weird as hell to be, it's great for us to walk around as Simpsons fans to walk around that Springfield, but to be like Al Jean who remembers making up the, the creation of Phineas Q Butterfat and then just seeing the real sign and just walking by like that or the Aztec That's theater, wild. Gotta be weird. Gotta be weird. It's truly wild. <laughs> truly wild. Especially if it's a joke you don't like. Oh, yes. It's yeah. like, oh, I can't believe we went with that and now it's a building. <laughs> like the Android's Dungeon, yeah. which I know Mike Reese is like, we could have had something funnier than Android's Dungeon. I know he says that. but And now it's there, yeah, forever. Uh, but yes, Lisa doesn't want to eat any of it. Homer is still begging her forgiveness and she he says i forgive you he says you didn't mean that which is actually just plucked straight out of bart the daredevil it's oh. the same way wow when, <laughs> in bart the daredevil when bart says okay i won't jump uh, i won't do the jump the homer says you didn't mean that but this time lisa emptily <laughs> emptily replies no i didn't like which i love that like yeah he's it's killing homer that lisa doesn't love him anymore which see this is this is again homer's problem as a parent you know he he didn't give a shit about lisa all this time and now only when she withdraws her love is he's like oh i fucked up i <laughs> i'm a bad dad no no i was, I was just laughing here <laughs> yeah yeah i mean it, it it is it is great she's that he she's not giving homer what he wants in that moment and and yeah it's it's fan it's fantastic <laughs> i mean like it's also like such like a like a like it is like there's not like a, a ton of pressure on it where she's like she hates me but she's annoyed with him you know what i mean like it's like homer it, homer it proves himself a good dad by being like above and beyond it's 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 worse to homer than it even is to lisa she's just she's used to it basically mm -hmm. and it's just like yeah that's what you do you know this is your thing and in uh, in a very you know dated now but accurate for the time homer puts in a vhs tape which is him realizing he's a terrible father in our next clip I'm done. Oh, that cost $88. I'm sorry, Dad. I don't feel much like eating. Look, I let you down, and I apologize. I know that doesn't make it right, but I hope you can find it in your heart to forgive me. I forgive you. Don't! You didn't mean that! No, I didn't. <gasps> Aw. <laughs> Music helping out. <laughs> Look, Homer. Lisa's taking her first steps. You taping it? Yes. I'll watch it later. <laughs> <laughs> no, my freakish little friend. That's a seagull. Dada? Dada? Did you hear that, Homer? Marge, please, I'm busy. No wonder she hates me. Oh, I never even noticed she was alive. Homer, if you want to make up with Lisa, just spend some time with her. <laughs> That's the one of the most reused does, but it's yeah. not a doe, it's a bow. They love that bow woe geez. That's like yeah. the fourth time it first appeared in roasting in an open fire, and this is the fourth I think the fourth time it's appeared. <laughs> that, and that's so funny that like it's like just spend time with her and he's like 
that's the worst answer he could hear. Yeah, he's like, oh, I have to actually you spend time with her? What the fuck? Well, yeah. we find out later he thinks it'll make him gay. Yes, yeah, that's that's some yeah. extreme toxic masculinity for old yeah. Homer there. Uh, so these are minor details. Is that in a, is that in a later episode? Is, is that, that's, not, that's not the same episode where he thinks Bart is gay, correct? Or, no. or is it? Later he says, uh, if I spend too much time with Lisa, it'll make me, you know, fruity. Yeah. He's oh, yeah. my God. But uh, we can see that Dear they chose Lord. Betamax for their uh, their v- their videotape format. Oh, right, right. And also, there's a Fantasy Island parody. This is before Fantasy Island was dark and twisted, as oh, it is today. right, right. And apparently, uh, <laughs> Harry Shearer really hated saying, my freakish little friend. Eh, it's a little corny. I'm yeah. It but is, uh, apparently, yeah. the, the footage came back with mouths moving, and they needed to put something there. And the, the, I guess it's making fun of Hervé Villachez. You know, Homer looks bad in this video, but in his defense, he did watch it later. He did watch her. That's true. We're, we're seeing it. Yeah. So, you know what? He, he wasn't lying there. Though, honestly, what disturbed me the most was not only that he's ignoring Lisa, but that for Lisa to be baby-sized in that clip, Bart has to be four. And he's strang- so he's strangling a four-year-old. Like, I mean, Homer strangling is always abusive, I guess, really, if you wasn't, think about it too much. Wasn't but... he about to strangle Bart out of the womb immediately? Yes, yeah. He almost does. Like, yeah. why you little? And then he stops himself. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's too funny you know when your dad grabs you by the neck that's all it is it's just cartoonified that's all yes yeah, that's all and uh mitch earlier you mentioned excuses. the um the, the blow dryer animation uh, it's actually yes copied- I, I, was okay. i wrong was i wrong on where it was I, i'm sure i was i've been wrong like five times already and i watched this oh, no. again last night it's it's in this no, upcoming okay. montage and it's actually taken oh, from okay. uh, bart the general when bart cry- is crying after being beaten up and homer uses the blow dryer on him so they took the exact same animation but changed characters now i'm wondering is it the bart getting hair dried that's iconic or is it is it Lisa? I thought I thought it happened before the talent show. So it, kept, it happens in this in this montage right here with what, what that Homer just watched of Lisa. You're saying? Yeah, yeah. It, of him taking care of Lisa and failing. This uh, I think it was the Bart the General one since it was season one. I think that was like the iconic one. This is more them like being honestly self-referential. Like this is this is like them in the show doing the you know now in recent seasons they've had Lisa send Homer the meme of homer entering the bushes which like the simpsons mm-hmm. uh, reference their own memes in the show but- <laughs> so uh, homer strangles his son and and scalds his daughter's face with hot air yeah those are yeah, his traits yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know i uh i don't know this for sure but bart the general uh where that scene appeared carlos baezo is a credited animator on that episode the director of this one so i wonder if that was him copying himself with that sequence Could be. There. i wonder but yes and then homer's shoves her off the swing and yes this is when homer is you know what one day of helping lisa he's like this is making me fruity i can't do it i can't uh dad should not help his daughter this is wrong (laughs) and they did a lot of these scenes uh in the first like i don't know six maybe seven seasons where it's like uh we're halfway through the story let's get into bed and check in on things let's have a discussion about where we are uh what our stances are and things possible solutions it was like a device they would use a lot that it's just funny you saying that like that thing of like homer being like it will turn me fruity or whatever because like i forget so much of the time that like homer is a football watching like you i don't think of him in that way you know what i mean like i don't think of him as like as like uh, a man's man which he's not you know what i mean mm. but 
the the idea of him even being like i don't want to spend too much time with a girl is such a weird (laughs) even idea to me of what homer is but oh at this point homer was born in the 50s and now he is our age actually i'm now older than homer (laughs) because i just turned 40 so i guess he's slightly less progressive than us (laughs) is homer 39 is that his is that his given age Uh, canonically at this point in the show he's 35 Mm -hmm. as writers on the show get older they push his age forward but they kind of have to stop at 39 they never want him to be over 40 yeah yeah i am 39 i'm the last year of homer (laughs) yeah no i've got live it up guys i've got six more weeks of being when this episode comes out uh, i have six more weeks of being homer's age and then i'll be 40 as well all but three hairs will fall out (laughs) this is a wig (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but but yes is homer uh at least uh, as, as marge tells him there's no quick fix homer's like no, you were on to something with that quick fix idea. He's like, no, your suggestion That's was great. to come up with a quick fix. And this is also like Al Jean really was good at knowing the Simpsons lore back then. That was one of his like best skills because he knew we've done so many jokes that Lisa wants a pony. This is like the last episode Lisa ever cares about a pony. It's such a season one thing of Lisa wants a pony. And so this was in real life, just like Homer does here, Al Jean said, Lisa's always asking for a pony. There's an episode when Lisa finally gets that pony. Yeah. Which uh, I think it's a great move. Al, I think Al's right. Why not? Yeah. So Homer also has a joke that uh, he says with gasoline prices uh, as they're going up the way they are, like we can't not buy a pony, which uh, gas in California, pretty yeah. high right now. <laughs> Is seven bucks a gallon less money than taking care of a large animal like that? I think so. I think uh what? It's probably close. Yeah, I, I think I think it must be close. I'm seeing six fifties around here in the Bay Area, Mitch. I don't know what the the gas is like in LA right now at the time of this recording. I mean, yes, it was it was a scary thing where I where there, it was six dollars and it was six sixty six. Oh, it was like geez. it was it, it, it seemed like like yeah, it seemed like end times. Uh, yeah, no, it's 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 up there. It's uh it's it's uh it's pony level. I'd say it's it's around <laughs> pony level. You know the the average price of gas. Gas per gallon in California in 1991, $1.15. Ooh. Yeah. Jeez, God. Uh, and here God. they were complaining. They didn't know what they were complaining about. It's just like we did an episode where they were joking in 2001 about climate change. I was like, you fools. You fools. <laughs> I don't know what you're joking that, about. That, this is this is like uh, about a, this episode aired about a month after my ninth birthday. Mm. So, uh, and now I'm on my last year of Homer, just to uh, put this all in this pers- perspective. Yeah, we were all in the age between Bart and Lisa when this episode aired. It was, uh, mm-hmm. we were we were no longer Lisa's age, but not yet Bart's age. And now we're stepping into uh, between Homer and Grandpa. <laughs> you know, and Randy- hey, ho- let's say Homer and Skinner. <laughs> yeah, Homer and Skinner. Yeah, yeah. And then after Skinner, Grandpa. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's so cute as Marge is telling him the very realistic reasons why he can't buy a pony and uh homer just saying like haha you love me like that that kind of is homer's cheat code with marge you're just like well no you actually love me so i can get away with anything which that's yeah. bad that's not good homer uh, <laughs> i also like how homer even says snub which was the name of marge's itchy and scratchy and marge episode uh, uh parent group uh but yeah so homer first heads over to another first appearance all creatures great and cheap 
the uh, the pet store seen in many an episode. It would appear in four more classic season episodes after this one, including uh, season nine's The Last Temptation of Crust, which is where Homer argues with that bird that he loves talking to. And uh, Homer does smell worse <laughs> than the pet store. Yes, yes. That's, I, that's such a funny moment. So this this was oh my, also- what in, does that smell? <laughs> this was in Mike Reese's book as well, that he said after that joke was read Got it written at the table, down here. <laughs> after that joke was read at the table read, uh, classic season one writer George Meyer remarked, Oh, I guess Homer smells now too. He's just like great. He's... So Homer's just not just a fat idiot. He also stinks worse than a pet store. They'll, they'll one up this, I think, uh, next year where Homer smells worse than the rendering plants. Yes, yeah, that's right. Uh, it's uh, which actually I was thinking that too when the when the Bronson guy who runs the place gives him the directions to the rendering plant. I was like, oh, is that the same rendering plant? They could. That's uh, melted hog fats. Yeah, <laughs> melted. This hog is a different fat. horse rendering plants all right yeah yeah it's uh i also like homer is so stupid that he only knows it's not a horse when he reads the sign scottish deerhound not just from looking at it he had to had to read the sign <laughs> but but yeah so then homer heads to the grateful gelding instead uh and tries to buy a horse in our next clip now lady i'm buying a pony for my little girl and i don't care what it costs very good that stunning creature over there is half a million dollars. Half a million dollars? He was sired by Seattle Slough, and his mother won the Kentucky Derby. Wow. His likeness graces a stamp in Tanzania. I'll take it. Mr. Simpson, do you have half a million dollars? Uh, sure. Let me write you a check. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Simpson. This check is dated January 1st, 2054. Is there a problem with that? Our ponies start at $5,000. Cash. Isn't there like a pound where you can pick up cheap ponies that ran away from home? I sincerely hope not. You know, if all things go well with us, we can see we can live to see this check become, you know, uh, good. Yeah, we'll be we'll be seventy one then. I I did the math. Jesus. <laughs> and uh, yes, grateful gelding. A gelding is a castrated horse, mm -hmm. and it's it's funny. Because I I think this could be part of the joke. It's you cut from the sign to the bottom half of a running horse. Oh yeah, you're right. I think you're right. Bob. And uh, Seattle <laughs> Slough is real. Mm -hmm. He's so famous. He has a Wikipedia page. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, so wow. he died in two thousand two at the age. Of 28 so yeah horses live about 30 years as marge says later in the show and he racked up a ton of major wins in the mid to late 70s before entering the next stage of his life and that's impregnating horses so he spent the rest of his life wow. impregnating other horses yeah. who would go on to have offspring that would win more races so seattle slew was actually a very famous horse mm -hmm. his his semen was more famous than the wins yeah he he <laughs> yeah I, by one count i saw he had sired over 1100 horses like that's that's how many that's, horses that's the dream yes yeah he's dear uh, lord yeah he had won uh seattle still won the 1977 triple crown which to let you know how rare that is meaning you win the three biggest races in horse racing that's so rare that in the 44 years since that happened only two other horses have done that that's that's oh. how rare it is so he's like he's got the egot of horses then yes 
Okay. Yes, yes, he does. Yeah, <laughs> I I know all these horse facts because my my dad loved the ponies. That was his. <laughs> does he have a Seattle Slough poster up in his garage? <laughs> well, he liked the gambling on them. Not uh, well, whoever the horse was, kind of meaningless mm. to him. It was the the gambling was the fun part. I want to I want to win the egot of horses. It sounds like a good <laughs> deal. It's great. <laughs> and uh, and you know what? If you look on eBay for Tanzanian horse stamps, you'll find them. Famous horses are all over stamps in Tanzania. Wow, okay, you can, you can buy some. He's got to be on those. <laughs> Yeah, that 2054 sounded real far away at one point. Doesn't doesn't sound that way now. I you know, oh, I hope God. I hope to make the healthy choices in my life to see that 2054, you know. <laughs> I'm with you, yeah. But yes, I I love that whole how Homer is just broken down like I sincerely hope not. Like Tress is really great at <laughs> this uh this Catherine Hepburn time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's very funny. Uh, any Tress McNeil stories, Mitch? She she seems like a cool lady. She was just always super nice and he, he would be t- talkative to, with you at the table reads and and uh, yeah, no, she was she she was not nothing to say beyond the fact that she was just cool as hell, really. Yeah, when when we did our table read or we went to the table read, uh, she was there doing Bart because Nancy wasn't there, and you know you get autographs sometimes at the end of those, and I wanted one from her, but she was out of there like Batman. Yeah, she was. She's the- in demand. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, she goes, yeah, she's in and out, she does her thing, and she gets out of there. I mean, she, she she's also someone who was just always, she'd be there all the time, too, you know? she I feel like she, she I she if I had to think of someone who was, like, the MVP of Table Reads, it was probably her, where she would just, like, always kind of be there and, and be reading. So, I'm not sure how much they do in, I mean, especially the last few years, they're definitely not doing them in person, but I wonder if they moved a lot to just to you know over the phone or whatever now that things are kind of back yeah now tress uh yeah and, and tress has a it's just so interesting to I me mean, tress and so many other these like 90s voice actors we heard in cartoons all the time as kids that they were like the the ucb trained podcasters of their day like they were all these like second city and groundling <laughs> that's folks, true yeah you know? like like tress. Yeah, yeah yeah she's great it's i mean as as you guys know just like going and watching them perform is is so fun mm-hmm. and this character is is great like uh like like you were saying about it's that sort of thing of like i could listen i like i want this 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 horse trainer lady to be in the episode more you know <laughs> it's also funny on the commentary Kavner mistakes her for the one that uh that tracy ullman did instead oh, right. a similar one she's like oh this is tracy right they're like no no it's stress it's stress but let's not talk about tracy ullman in this commentary <laughs> yes yeah let's keep it <laughs> Uh, but uh, so Homer, he needs money. Where is he going to get it? Well, he's going to borrow some from uh, his work, which uh, is obviously this now. It's like payday this loans have replaced these. But uh, I just love, yeah, it's it's uh, as as they were so doing even then. They're like, can we just add a dose of Burns to this? Like a minute of Burns will really perk up this episode. And yeah. like he shouldn't be there, and they have to come up with an excuse for him to be there. Yes, yeah, and it's it's so perfect. I, I've got the clip here. I'm happy they did. Yeah. Hello. Simpson, how can I help you? <laughs> Mr. Burns, you do this personally? No, it's a hobby. I'm not in this for any personal gain, heavens no. By the way, are you acquainted with our state's stringent usury laws? Usury? No, oh, silly me. I must have just made up a word that doesn't exist. Now, what is the purpose of this loan? I want to buy a pony. Isn't that cute? Smithers, he's planning on joining the horse, he said. That is it, isn't it? You're not planning to eat it. No, I need to get it for my little girl because she doesn't love me anymore. Shut up, Simpson. Sorry, do you have any collateral? Oh, Smithers, let's not be so cold. His spirit is my collateral. Just sign this form. The money will be yours. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I 
was just um, uh, uh, thinking of something funny Smithers did today. I didn't do anything funny, sir. Shut up. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> Homer is going to owe Burns money forever. That's, uh, yeah, because usury laws uh, prohibit lenders from charging borrowers excessively high rates of interest on loans. That's uh, that's what it means. I, we don't kid, have those anymore. <laughs> <laughs> those have gone out the window. Right, yes. Yeah, the, the laws. See, all these jokes about when laws, when there was a better social infrastructure, yeah. they don't work anymore. The same with that Homer... They just did a whole, the season finale of this season was about addressing the fact that Homer's job is impossible and that Bart would never get it growing up now. Yeah, yes. no job has a credit union anymore, which is why yeah. you get a 25% interest uh, rate on your payday loan Oof, next boy. to the liquor store. Yeah, yeah. depressing. <laughs> yeah. Dear uh, God. Sorry, Mitch. A lot of the times we end up thinking about, boy, the, things are worse now than then. These jokes and, and also the jokes on The Simpsons outstrip, uh, uh, reality outstrips them over time. That's why it's good to be in entertainment where there are no labor issues at oh, all. Oh, yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I also just love Burns's way of saying like, "Oh, silly me! I just made up a word that doesn't exist." Like, what a great, great cover on his part. And yes, I, I just love Burns's laughing. Also, when he reads the name on the thing, he's again just like Simpson, eh? Like he still, still doesn't know, still doesn't know who he is. But uh, so yes, Homer then gets the the horse. Him shoving the horse into the back seat is also just so, so funny. <laughs> and he's lucky that horse that didn't kick his too. head in. Man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, guess, I guess ponies are small, but this is like a little Sebastian style pony. Mm. Uh, in that it's such a huge sheet that Homer can get it up the stairs and into Lisa's bed. Yes, yeah. I I looked that up, so I had always heard the rumor that you can't get horses downstairs. And it's not, apparently, according to uh, my Googling, it's not impossible to get a horse downstairs, but you really got to train him because a horse's natural instinct is when going down, when going upstairs, it can see its feet. But if it goes downstairs, it can't see its feet, and it spooks a horse to not see its oh, feet. Oh, wow. Like so... That's, oh, uh, that's yeah. what it is. So a horse is chasing you, run downstairs. Yeah. And yeah. then taunt it from the bottom of the stairs. <laughs> See, like, you pussy, you can't, you're too scared. To <laughs> Put a blanket under its chin. <laughs> and it just that, can't see its feet, and that's freaked out. That's great. You know, Bob, you mentioned little Sebastian. We're talking to a, a, a cast member of, of Parks and Rec right here. My character probably pet little Sebastian or took his photo with him, I'm sure. Uh, mm. Bjorn, Bjorn Lurpus. <laughs> uh, by the way, I like the idea of a horse chasing you. He's like, if a horse is ever chasing you, like somehow you got a horse angry and it's chasing you to bite you, maybe? I don't know what it would want to do. Kick you, bite you, whatever it's doing. We could have just saved a life on this podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, don't overestimate it. It could be a highly trained horse and it could get down those stairs. Oh, it's one of those stairs horses. <laughs> oh, God, how terrifying uh, is that? It's a stair horse. <laughs> uh, and uh, then comes another of, uh, of Al Jean's favorite things, which is referencing the Godfather. He loves it so much. And they already in this yep. season kind of had in Bart the Murderer, Bart wakes up from his nightmare and his scream is framed very similar to the horse head scene in Godfather as well. And isn't am I misremembering this in uh, when he cuts the head off of Jebediah Springfield is the head in the bed too? Oh yeah, that's also okay. in the bed. Oh, yeah. that's yeah. what it is. So this is their third. This is them going even farther like it actually just is a yeah. horse's head, which again, reason I finally watched The Godfather when I was like 13, 14 was to get these references. But in the movie though, uh the big cheat is like the horse's head is poking out from under the covers. In the movie the head is like under the covers at the foot of the bed. Right. 
right. Which is the guy, yes, the guy yeah. wakes up is like, what's all this blood? Mm-hmm, and yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's shot and staged just like the Godfather. I think they use the same music because Fo- it's a Fox movie. Uh, no, it's a Paramount movie. Okay. But they, they, the, it is the same music. Okay. Though, or yeah. like a very good sound alike. Yes. Yeah. 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 And uh, though Lisa has to be a very deep sleeper for a horse to be po- placed in her bed without her noticing, I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's wild that she didn't, her, her dad maybe pushing the horse into the bed. I don't know how the horse got in there, but uh, <laughs> she didn't, she didn't, she didn't stir from her slumber. I, I love the Godfather reference. Give it to me. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Not to linger too long on this, but uh, back in the Michael Jackson episode, Bart and uh, Leon got a piano all the way up the stairs into her room and she was still sleeping. No, that's true. So yes. I think yeah. that's uh, canonically, that's Lisa point. is a deep sleeper. She's a very deep sleeper. Yeah. 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 It maybe should, she should, she should maybe possibly see a doctor about it. It's, it seems bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what if there's a fire? Uh, so, uh, you know, in the Simpsons house, it's caught on fire a number of times. It's a da- it is a dangerous place. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but so, yes, when Lisa has an incredible scream, like Yardley ha- just screams her guts out here, like, man, it- then she is pleased by the horse with elixir. She's like, oh, isn't that cute? But and then she rides into the room with uh, Homer and the music uh, is meant to be a reference to Magnificent Seven, I believe, uh, of her riding in triumphantly. And uh, yes, I love how Marge is just grumbling and how how Homer just answers that like sounds like someone is angling for a pony of her own. <laughs> <laughs> and then meanwhile he like fucks That's over Bart and just taunting him in his face like nah I know you love me so you're not getting squat ha <laughs> like <laughs> Oh, I mean, okay. I, lo- I this like that stuff I love about The Simpsons so much is like, and Bart doesn't fight him back on it. You're like, oh, there is like a little true, real truth to that. That's like so cute that Bart like does love Homer, <laughs> and like uh, Homer is using it to dangle it all over his head for not giving him anything. Uh, it's great. <laughs> It's a great moment. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so the horse is uh, just walking around. Again, I got to give it to Carlos Baeza and the rest of the animation team. Animating horses is very hard. And they and Mac Raining has the rule of like animals in the show act like animals. They don't act cartoony, meaning you can't do cartoony cheats on the horse. It has to walk around like a horse. It can't do like a, a wild take when Maggie puts a pacifier in his mouth or uh, her <laughs> mouth. Yeah, it's, uh, it's named Princess, so I'm assuming it's a girl. <laughs> yeah, it, sucking on the past fire is also very funny. And, uh, and you know what also? Uh, you know what also? The uh, the bit with the, her calling it princess that is another callback in old money. Lisa is asking Abe, you know, for how to best spend the inheritance he got from B Simmons, and she says, "Or you can buy me a pony." And he's like, "Oh, you're right. Oh, I'd name it princess and I'd ride it every day." Like so, that was that was also I, I'll credit that to Gene and Reese remembering, like, "Oh yeah, Lisa already told us what the name." of her pony would be it would be princess that's that's great i never i never i never known that that's 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 awesome you know what i'm with homer try the garage you know see if the pony likes it in there see how it goes and the courts will decide if you can't do that yes. <laughs> that's, uh, that's for the courts to decide it's just a, a wild pony roaming the neighborhood at night <laughs> But so instead, Homer must stable the horse, and this is when he learns what love costs a month, which is $530. I looked that up to put it into perspective. Uh, according to an article I read in 1991, the median mortgage, uh, monthly mortgage price was $715. So wow. that's uh, five, which again, just typing that out made me want to cry. I was like, <laughs> wow, seven, I can own a house for 715 a month? Like, oh, that's insane. 
That's uh, wild. But- <laughs> we could we could have open uh, own a house. Have it. We'd have a pony. We'd have we could have anything we wanted if, it, if we were adults back in the day. That's wild. But I guess we couldn't have our podcast jobs back then either, though. Unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> it's a downside. But but I also like that Lisa's being taught pronunciation, and she's turning very. You know, I think it's good Lisa lost this pony because she'd have turned out too bougie and mm-hmm. you know acting too upper class. I'm glad she kept her class level because of that. Is, is that when she talks like she talks like Catherine Hepburn when she does the yes father you've made me the happiest girl that's ever lived that's, yeah. a, that's a great moment so we head to the break uh and when we come back I just had to get this this scene of Dan and Nancy together of it's such a pointless little scene yeah. but I love it of, of Homer of Bart and Abe playing video games and it's pure improv between them there's two improv scenes which they rarely ever did but I think uh, Mike and Al needed to have some time for mm-hmm. like a, a late night script that was hard to write and this is like a, such a funny segment you're it's right it's so great here I'll, I'll play it what do I do what do I do Grandpa you want to go to the right yes. move the joystick to the left yes move the what the joystick you didn't tell me oh here comes the silent cruiser a silent cruiser wait where's the Hyperspace! Grandpa, you're the spaceship, not the... I'm the what? I thought I was this guy. Oh! Game's over, Grandpa. I got down on the floor for this? (laughs) I just love... (laughs) I got down on the floor for this. You know... Though again, in the in the times made fools of us all thing, we're used to being we were the kids telling our grandpas how, uh, impossibly how to play a video game. I feel like if a kid troll tried to explain to me how to play Fortnite, I would at least have a similar. It'd take me a minute. It'd take me a minute. And be mm-hmm. like, what? What's? How do I move this thing? I, I dropped. Down I definitely wouldn't want to get down on the floor. Yeah, I would. I would. I would. I would definitely <laughs> want to drop down off the couch. It would be awful. You yeah, know what? That, 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 I mean, that's a great little moment. On the plus side, we live in the world of wireless controllers, so no more of this getting on the floor's crap. Mm-hmm. You know. That's a great point. And the median age of gamers is like 65 now. That's true. No, it's actually much lower, but still, we're all getting older and still playing video games. (laughs) You know what? Me being a big old nerd back then, it did bother me that, uh, that that was an Atari joystick. Clearly, they were playing on when... This is 1991. The Genesis is out. The hey, Super NES is about to come out in America. They're a low-income family. Okay, sure, sure. They still, they've still got their Atari and playing Atari level games. All they right. got a pony. I, that's, yeah, the money went to a pony. They couldn't spend it on a Super NES. I get it. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but yeah. So, and uh, then Homer heads uh, walks through the room just uh, and when Lisa gives him a kiss to start the act, so you know he needs money. He goes. I was like oh, I was hoping it'd be money, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which I also love. There's uh, Reese jokes about this a lot too that they often do these things of where like Marge looking at the budget, sitting over a calculator that they've done it too many times. But but I love this here. I I love this little scene of Marge is the uh, it's the family accountant. Oh dear, we're in serious trouble here. We're just going to have to cut down on luxuries. Well, you know, we're always buying Maggie vaccinations for diseases she doesn't even have. Actually, I was Uh thinking we could cut down on beer. (laughs) No, we're not going to be doing that. Then I'm afraid there's no choice but to give up the pony. First, you didn't want me to get the pony. Now you want me to take it back. Make up your mind. Homer. Marge, Lisa loves me. The pony stays. All right. You got us into this, you get us out. Fine, I will. There's plenty of money out there for a guy who's willing to work for it. Do you have any jewelry you don't need anymore? 
<laughs> is he drinking a beer in that moment? Is that what's is that what yes. we hear him chugging on, of course? <laughs> I, I love too that yeah, his response to like cutting back on beer, he's like, Yeah, we're not gonna be doing that. Like just he's so dismissive. <laughs> I don't know. You know, with that with that vaccine comment, I feel like Homer's posting on Telegram these yeah, days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the vaccine comment I def I wrote I wrote down, uh oh. Uh <laughs> There, there's not a lot of uh ohs in 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 here, but uh, but th- that was that was an uh oh moment. Uh, yeah, Homer's ready to join Evangeline Lilly at the front lines of the uh, of the anti-vax movement. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I I just love uh, yeah Marge Marge just calculating finances and Homer, you know. I but it makes sense it, it to me as a kid. I was like, yeah, why did I get all those vaccines? I never even got the thing. Like that's the joke. There is what kind of idiot would think such a stupid thing of like yeah, the, not realizing vaccines prevent you from getting it but now that's uh, again just where we live in it's it's what today is. if we were talking about this episode just even three three and a half years ago it would not have been a i wouldn't have batted an eye at that joke <laughs> but uh yeah i mean you know what i think if homer just gave her one month of the pony and then took it back that's enough i do think i think lisa probably would be mad at him that he would take back the pony but uh i i mean come on one month of a pony pretty good you you're really gonna keep this pony forever lisa be realistic you know that's, yeah, that's what i'd say just say you get one year you get one month of a pony <laughs> though i was also thinking this skips to the end but does Homer get that five thousand bucks back for that pony that mm. Lisa gives back to the place, or is he just out that five thousand bucks? I wonder. I, th- I think maybe you get like a uh, like a restocking fee, maybe. <laughs> I think taken off of yeah. that. He should at least get half the fee back on that pony. I think. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, it also is very sweet how Lisa. Yeah, I, sorry, I'm seeing your cat on screen, Mitch. I was just thinking. I think it's very sweet how Lisa is trying to comfort the other pets to let them know that, like, mm-hmm. hey, you still matter just because we got a new pet. It's it's very sweet. But anytime you, you see Santa little, Santa's little helper and Snowball too, right at this point, maybe. Uh, Anytime you see like their reaction, anytime there's like an animal episode and you get to see them, I, I love it so much. Or when like uh, they're trying to get attention and they're walking on their back legs, things like that. It's just they, they, they the, those two give me they bring me so much joy. But uh, up next is a story I think they regret wasting in one act because yeah. they say, oh, this could have been a whole episode of Homer at the Quickie Mart. But it is uh, Apu's biggest role to date. Like he gets basically a B story in this episode. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And there's a little, little bit of an uh-oh moment. He says he has a line there where it's like one of the the day where one of you would be working for me, which in hindsight, even with Hank and everything like that, it's like it was it was a little bit of an uh oh moment uh, within there, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. At the yeah. time, I get I could see a progressive reading on it of just that that Apu is so uh, captured by the American sure. dream that he's like, now I can fulfill the American dream of exploiting a white man instead of me being exploited. Like, yes, but, yes, yes. But yeah, no, I, it also, it's, uh, on top of the, the whole Hank is area playing him part of it all. It's yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's heavy with things. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Also, uh, oh yeah. Right before this bit though, Lisa with the salt lick. I love that. Num, num, good salt lick. Like just a great, adorable little thing with her in the salt lick. And you know what? I looked yeah. it up. Uh, apparently some horses are very finicky about their salt lick bl- brands and there's many, and there's many different thoughts in the horse owning community about what to use with your salt lick. And some mm. instead prefer mineral blocks to salt licks, you know? Wow. Yeah. 
I gotta get myself a mineral block in here. It'll be great. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I think we... the anti-salt that people have gotten to you. <laughs> no, I mean, I have enough salt in my life as it is. Anyway, I need to. I've been told I need to cut down on that. <laughs> on your so salt, delicious. on your salt licks. Yeah. Yes, yeah, fewer, fewer salt licks. My doctor says you've been licking a salt lick the entire throughout the entire episode. <laughs> when I turn, it's, it's right off screen, right over here. We cut out all the noises. <laughs> we apologize to the guests. You know, if you want to buy your own salt lick on Amazon, they're right there, very reasonably priced. Wow. You know, if you, if you look they that up, sh- you're going to be getting salt lick emails for three weeks. <laughs> yeah. I, Is there a sugar lick? I would I would do the sugar lick like a I guess sugar cubes maybe but I, I have no idea if there's a sugar lick but I want one. This is a, a minor tangent, but I don't know what happened one time where on YouTube you get random ads, you know that, and I always wonder like, okay, how is this, how is this profiling me for whatever ad this is of like refinance this or p- brain pills or whatever? One time I got an ad that was like, we all have horses, but how do you take care of them? Get this horse van for. I was like, wow, this this thinks that i'm rich enough to own a horse how does the youtube think i'm a horse owner i was very very confused (laughs) by it but uh but yeah so homer buys a scratch off in the next scene and this again is another callback because in season one homer's night out one of homer's first interactions with apu he buys this same scratch off from him and it's the same deal liberty bell liberty bell cherry but in that one he doesn't lie to apu he goes like ah cherry nuts like oh no actually he says stupid purple fruit thing right he doesn't call it a cherry so It's again another callback. Stupid purple fruit thing, wrong color as well. <laughs> but uh, you know, I just did a scratch off recently, the Pac-Man scratch off. It was not kind to me, Pac-Man. I did not not win there. But that's shows you where scratch offs are at, or our age group that is we're the, getting advertised. The California Lottery is yes. doing Pac-Man scratch offs. Yep, they are. Also, yeah. Henry scratch offs. <laughs> I are you in trouble? No, no, no. <laughs> I only did this recently. Uh, I was I was listening to Mitch's friends on the Sloppy Boys podcast. They did a whole scratch offs episode and it made it gave me a, a thirst for scratch offs as well. <laughs> but, Those guys gotta cut it out too. What are the, what the hell are they doing? Yeah. <laughs> I'll call uh, the sloppy boys after this episode. Uh but yeah, here I'm tattling on the sloppy boys to Mitch here. But yes, uh, Homer and Apu, this is this is a very funny uh exchange with Dan and Hank here in, in character. Oh yes! Woohoo! Three Liberty Bells! <laughs> That'll be $10,000, Apu. Oh, congratulations, Mr. Homer! Thank you. If I could just see the ticket. Well, there it is. Uh, <laughs> you pleased to be removing your thumb? No. Uh, yes, please, I must insist. No! 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 No, no. You, no you can't see yes, too I much! Must. You no! Have to remove no! Your th- Let go! You're ripping it! <gasps> A cherry. Oh, Mr. Homer. What has reduced you to such cheap chicanery? Oh, I need money. Well, if you need money, you should have at least jammed a gun in my ribs. Or better yet, you could inquire about my help wanted sign. You're looking for help? Yes, we need someone for the demanding yet high-profile midnight to 8 a.m. shift. I'm your man. You're hired. Woo! Always I dreamed the day would come when one of you would be working for me. I also love that he's just tell he's this I okay, so he does get stuck up by Sideshow Bob pretending to be crusty. 
But that's the only time he's robbed before this. I feel like the number of jokes they do here about Apu being robbed and shot is why from then on it's about Apu's bullet wounds, about him being shot yeah. multiple times, yeah. uh, tied up. In the James Woods episode, uh, a bullet, this ricocheted off of an existing bullet in his chest, I <laughs> yes, think, is yes. how it works. That's yes. right. It's insane. In a, in a scene that's now just known for a meme about Elon Musk, that, that scene of him taking the bullet uh, is now just used as the meme of <laughs> weird, yes, nerds weird nerds on nerds. Twitter. Yes, and uh, <laughs> we covered this uh, with actually with Griffin Newman the last summer in the uh, Pokemon ep- a Pokemon episode with Michael Keaton. He we find out that shooting a poo is just a fine now. That's right. Yes, that's yeah, very dark joke at this point. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, extremely dark uh we get a quick cut to uh to lisa riding her pony and this is when ralph is still his clever season two character who yes is saying little so moments. funny to see <laughs> yes but what man who can, can tame, tame her heart yeah yeah well, uh, can tame her heart apparently it's ralph in the script i think nancy forgot what ralph sounds like because it just sounds like nelson if you only listen to the clip you just hear nelson yes, in your ear. yeah <laughs> Yeah, what is what is, what is the setup? And so he says, "But what man can tame her?" But what is what what are, what are they saying? Is oh, she sure has what? tamed that horse. I think is the uh, is the first okay. setup to that. Yeah, <laughs> that's such a funny setup. Yeah, I think, she sure has tamed that horse. <laughs> <laughs> I think of that setup later being used for the. Well, I love that chewing gum walk. Very wriggly. Like they would give these those two <laughs> characters, Ralph and the friend he never has after this, would occasionally make. Weird little comments about Lisa saying of them having crushes on her. But yes, uh, my, Ralph Ralph will lose a few up uh, IQ yeah. points after this. He has a head injury before I love Lisa. <laughs> maybe uh, maybe but, maybe the horse kicked him in the head. Oh, yeah, he's spending too much time on that. Well, I mean, he's eating a lot of paste. <laughs> we know that. Yeah. So. <laughs> but, uh, but yes, Homer gets shown around the job. I love how Apu tells him, like, I won't lie to you. At this job, you will be shot. <laughs> Like just, just period. <laughs> it doesn't chase him off, and I think like Homer only writes down badge of honor. Like he's yeah. not listening to the getting shot part. <laughs> he, he only writes down badge of honor. Uh, and uh, this is when he learns that he's laughed at by Apu because he's the guy who buys the hot dog. So, so Mitch, we talked to Nick actually about this too on his last episode. What are your feelings on the Seven Eleven hot dogs? Uh, how are their quality or not? I think that they're not. I mean, we Nick and I have talked about. Them and, and is it called? Are they called big bites? Is that what they're called? I think so. I'll sometimes yeah. grab them. I, I I think that's maybe the safest thing you can do for a hot food in a Seven Eleven, like hot food that's prepped there, or maybe like a, a Go Go Taquito. I they all have different names now too. But um, those taquitos can get pretty dried out. You know the hot the hot dog. Uh, I think it's a, a better average you'll get on it. I think. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I did, was was Nick a fan of them or no? He doesn't eat he doesn't eat red meat anymore. But um, that's true. I think he liked them all right. He uh, he said it's ups and downs. He definitely was against taquitos. I think hmm. as, if I, as I recall ba- back in the day was bakery stick was was what I liked. Oh. But so so there's a so it is, all right. It is called a big bite. It is it's a big bite is the hot dog. I think I think that they're pretty good. I had a movie theater hot dog the other day. I went and saw Top Gun Maverick, mm. and I think that the big bites are like close to quality of of movie theater dogs, unless they've been sitting out all day. So I, I'm 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 there for them. I, I I think I think there's much worse things you can get. I know that in the Simpsons world they're disgusting, <laughs> like they're mm. truly they're truly filthy. But I think you can do much worse at Seven Eleven. 
much later this will be the disgusting hot dog that gets uh who fired yes <laughs> yeah when he confesses to the smashed hat yes what yeah. he's doing <laughs> that's right and then he says he doesn't want to live anymore and he's going to eat one of the hot dogs to die <laughs> uh, but uh but yeah so oh yes then homer like steals some stuff and calls it the perfect crime i also like that oh no wait no sorry homer comes home after being out all night and calls it the perfect crime and then he's instantly caught. Marge is just like, yeah. you, you've been gone all night. Well, I was so worried. What happened? <laughs> I, I think the mislead for the kids is uh, it sounds like Homer was out cheating on Marge. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> Which is why why they think she murdered him in the other room. Uh, you know, I also think, too, this bit here of the concerned partner seeing the exhausted man come home from work. I think that was probably the life Al and Mike were living in their relationship yeah. at that time. Come <laughs> up at three. Sleep three hours. Homer. <laughs> Homer's exhaustion that he just po- uh, passes out right there like he should realize this plan's not going to work you know like it's not not going to work out these two jobs there's there's uh there there's there's so much there's so much good stuff with which I'm sure we're you're, you're about to go over but like uh the sliding door on Homer's head and then the dream and in, in the slumberland dream to when it cut and then it cuts to reality is great where he's <laughs> where golden's a, a little take on golden slumbers is playing and uh Uh, And then also the alarm when Homer gets in the bed, alarm goes off and then he immediately gets up. It's just such a funny visual. It like works so well where he gets into bed and then the alarm goes off and hits it and gets up. It's just, it's, it's done so, so well. They make his exhaustion look so believable. Yeah. It's, uh, it's so well done. It's great. Uh, we're skipping around a little bit, but yeah, what I wrote down, like every time uh, that Golden Slumber sequence plays, it's very beautiful. But when it ends, that circular saw hitting him in the head, oh, yes. it looks and sounds so painful. Very much so. Yes. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Uh, Homer's <laughs> ta- torture here. I also like that he is the worst employee. Like Apu, not just the sleeping on the job, but the second Homer steals one piece of food, he should be like, well, you're fired. I, I caught you stealing. Like just, uh, you know, when I worked at a movie theater i never did it but i contemplated like you know i have an icy machine right here if it was that uh, i could give this a shot the same slushy squishy thing that hmm. homer does but i didn't i was not uh, i was not gross like that I had and that movie job. theater still in business i think it actually is the orange park amc 24 in, wow. in the florida area i think it's still open yes yeah not I, gross I, like that is like sounds like the book i'll write about myself someday I'm not gross like that. <laughs> I've had the same thought of where I'd be like, I want to do that. Oh, not that gross. I guess I won't do it. Um, I wait. Homer does. Homer never work. He he never works at the Quickie Mart again. They they never do. They never use this ever again. Is he? Is this it for him? I know. I know the J, the James Woods works there and everything like that. But just you Homer know, never works the, in there again, huh? Out of all the jobs Homer had, I don't think he ever worked. He's worked with Apu multiple times afterwards, yeah. but not worked at the I, Quickie Mart. I think again. it's probably such a notable. Uh-huh. Okay. beloved episode that they never wanted to go back to yeah. that idea again wow and that's wild we, to me i just figured that he had even even in like i even thought they went back to it like early you know what i mean like i thought that they went back to it like in their in one through eight seasons you know so we have a quick cut to lisa with the princess and i love that she's just you know chilling with her horse playing playing endless sax songs you're gonna spook that thing yeah uh, i love that it's called wildfire like that sounds like a like it would be a track on a kenny g album you know just wildfire just a bland name uh and then 
We also have a quick cut to uh, Apu with Princess Cashmere in bed. So, you know, he's a swinging single. I like I uh, they. Uh, Mike Reese makes sure to say on the commentary that it's supposed to be him going in frustration. Oh, yeah. yeah. Just like, oh, in frustration. It's not an orgasm. He wants to have that to be clear. <laughs> also, you know, the establishing shot outside of Fiesta Terrace, that's yanked from season one's Life in the Fast Lane. Oh, that's where Jacques lives, right? That's where Jacques okay. lives. Yeah. So. That's uh, Apu will later live in a different place than Fiesta Terrace uh, later, but it definitely looks like a singles pad in Los Angeles. It's one of those many like once you visit Los Angeles or move there. In, in Mitch's case, you probably start noticing like, oh, Springfield has a lot of L.A. things in it that that you don't. Oh, recognize. certainly, yeah. yeah, tar pits and also, yes. <laughs> <laughs> also good for Apu. She's the, the she she seems like a she seems like a quite the single babe that he's uh, oh, that yeah. he's. That he's that he's that he's uh hanging out with so Good i love how he puts it while i'm here pleasuring you my store is going down the tube like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> then we cut to ned uh i guess the joke here is that ned flanders is pranking homer by leaving exact change while he's sleeping not stealing food but instead counting it out penny by penny and then saying like haha i paid you the correct amount i didn't steal food from you homer i paid you the right <laughs> amount but uh and yeah this is when homer homer wakes up again and that's yeah when he falls and gets his head crushed over and over and over again it's so, so good. great so great and they said it was only like two crushes in the first animation like no cycle it it's got to be three it's got to be like five times <laughs> And then, yes, the Golden Slumber segment. I didn't know uh, this was Beatles until the Beatles rock band came out. And yeah. I was like, oh, I've heard this song before. <laughs> and, yeah, they got the the actual, you know, backing track or whatever. And the visuals are inspired by Little Nemo and Slumberland, the old, very, very old newspaper comic. Oh, wow. That was a, a Nintendo game as well, right? Yeah. Yes. Based on the movie that I think came out in 1992, the yeah. animated movie. Mm. So they eventually made it like a huge flop animated movie that I don't even think went to theaters. And then a big flop of a video game. That's it. Into it, yeah. Hey, yeah. people like that game. Oh, I, no, it's a good I, game. I, I loved that game when I was a kid. Yeah, that was. It was on Bob's on Bob's other podcast, Retronauts, he did a whole episode about Little Nemo and Slumberland. You can learn a lot about that little brat. Yeah, keeps falling out of bed. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, I I heard them. They don't tell story on this commentary, but when they use this scene again in the April Fool's clip show episode, they tell the story of in the April Fool's clip show episode. They replace the song with a sound alike because they got Golden Slumbers and they thought they were getting the real Beatles song, not just the song rights. And it turned out to cost them so much money. And they're like, you can't even tell. You can barely tell it's Golden Slumbers. We spent yeah, like tens funny. of thousands of dollars on this Beatles song so in the clip show Alf Clausen writes a sound alike yeah, when they play this clip <laughs> that means Disney has to pay for this every time yeah I guess so they must have paid the streaming rights on it to the to Apple Records the uh or no I guess whoever bought it after I guess it's Sony EMI that bought it the song rights after Sony got them yeah but uh Michael Jackson had them as well yes point. yeah it's, it's so great they were able to retain those because if you buy any other show on DVD all the music is replaced oh yeah somehow the Simpsons was able to get away with keeping all the licensed songs in the show they're, they're the only place they paid for it in perpetuity i i love the song golden slumbers like it's part of the uh the melody uh sorry medley there i did another skinner ism there the medley at the end of their abbey road album uh it's right there with carry that weight like golden slumbers is a, a beautiful song and uh and yeah, I think this is probably them driving home from work. Gene and Reese, like the pain they feel, like just this falling. Homer could have killed someone, like that's, uh, but fortunately he didn't. 
Easily, yes. Him realizing how long a horse is going to live, like that also is like just his very tired. Still, it's like he's he's got 20, 28 more years of this. And then a scene is made completely out of recycled animation. Uh, I guess they were worried that the the audience wouldn't know where the story was. So it's mm. it's like made up of animation from the beginning of this episode and also animation of Lisa with mumps from the uh, Bart's oh, Bart. dog. It's an F. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's why Lisa's face is all swollen right. when she's saying, I just it's, called to say I love you, Dad. <laughs> that's right. Very distracting. And Homer's got these his drawn tennis shoes on. It's not his normal black cloven foot feet either. Uh, you know what? If I could streamline Homer's thing, drive straight to the office, uh, drive straight to the power plant from uh, the Quickie Mart, you know, then just get there a little early and sleep at the office. That's all. Uh, you know, that's it. Yeah, okay. get a little nap at the office. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, I mean. Mi but hey, it's worth it to see that segment where he gets into bed and gets out. <laughs> I mean, it's it's great. Now, now, Mitch, uh, have you you had a lot of late nights and especially probably like balancing all these jobs, like especially you, you had a whole TV show. Uh, not IFC. That probably had some late nights. A hundred percent. I in Hollywood, there's definitely. I mean, like I was saying when we, when they were doing the double table reads, it, there were there were there. Were, I remember driving to the Simpsons to, for work and like getting into a fender bender with a truck, which wasn't affected at all because of I was burning the candle at both ends. I was doing comedy stuff at night and then had to like, you know, get up at 630 or something and go in and there. You and, come and home from a Herald night so at UCB sleep. and then straight to the Simpsons the next morning. Straight to the Simpsons. And there was no Golden Slumbers, <laughs> Little Nemo dream sequence. It was just me slamming into the back of a truck. <laughs> You're coming into uh, work with the and, whoosh and, costume on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's seriously basically yes to, that whoosh is one of the funniest things ever mitch we just want to tell you that like that's, oh man thank you so much that makes my uh based off of zoom the the birthday the zoom birthday guy i don't know <laughs> If you guys, as, as as children of the of the '80s, I feel like you must have had heard Zoom at some mm. point. But that's 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 where the idea came from. And also, you know what? But as, uh, <laughs> for, I just feel bad for Zoom because we, you know, I did that as a tribute to Zoom, and then there's like Zoom stuff on YouTube, and then I feel like whoosh, like the <laughs> the joke videos we made for whoosh to go along with it has now taken has taken over those. <laughs> like uh, so many people, the like people who I don't know or like or my friends will say like they're like friends of friends will post the video of like whoosh on their Facebook on their birthday and they'll be like that's like my friend Mitch <laughs> and they like oh like oh <laughs> like people don't I thought that maybe is my legacy is the is is the like sincere version of whoosh which we made is like kind of like a online gimmicky thing to go along with the sketch I think show, Henry so. has sent me a whoosh because online now there are different names uh you know put into the your your song mm. <laughs> yeah 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 no we 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 had we had filled in uh we we went like we went down a list and Chris Van Arstel and put in like whoever <laughs> you we even put you at one point so uh, it fit for everybody so uh so yes they they uh then cut to them late at night they're watching carson i love these jokes that carson sucks because they wrote this before carson said he was going to retire the next year so it comes out when everybody's wanting to be nice to johnny carson but the joke here is johnny carson's not funny like that it's they have them tell a joke and then Bar bart and lisa do no no reaction to it. they're like well it's still fun to be up late like, yeah apparently uh johnny carson <laughs> loved the word mcnugget and if you wrote a joke with the word mcnugget in it it would make it on the show yes 
this. Yeah, he actually here's here's one more thing from Mike Reese's book where he talked about how much he hated the McNugget thing and thought it was a shitty jokes. Uh, he said here was one of the jokes he hated the most that Carson told when he worked there. Joan Collins has gotten a job working for Ronald for McDonald's. She's endorsing their new product, Bitch McNuggets which uh, Mike Reese was like, that sucks. But then in his book, he had to admit, he's like one of the loudest laughs I ever heard from the audience when they were there. They Dear All God. they wanted to hear was just him say McNuggets. Like, God, Carson working McNuggets. blue. Yeah. <laughs> also, Bart, yeah, Bart kind of throwing shade on, on, on Carson mm-hmm. is fun. And like you were saying, when he announces that he, he's retiring the next year, that I've, I've been watching Carson reruns and I, I'm like, Carson's great. <laughs> <laughs> like my, my take on it was Carson is great. So, so, uh, so, but I, I, I mean, I also, I also get it because all late night talk shows can be shitty and awful at some point, but <laughs> those guys worked right. Like a lot of those guys worked for, for Carson. Well, it's, so. I think it's really Mike Reese, Makes not sense. even Al Jean didn't even seem that annoyed at uh, his time on Carson. Yeah. Reese definitely seems like he hated yeah. it and, and it's not holding back. Uh, Jeff Martin on the show at this time was a big Carson guy. He was on the show for maybe like seven years before coming to the Simpsons. So maybe there was like, ah, screw Carson. You yeah. know, Letterman's the dude. He's yeah, the guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Uh, but so Homer says he's gonna have to go for an eight-hour walk. But this is when he he passes out in the car. I've also at my most tired. That is when I go like Homer, sleep now. <laughs> it's just. <laughs> uh, but uh, but this is when Lisa and Bart learn the truth in our next clip. Homer, sleep now. <laughs> What's wrong with Dad? He's just <laughs> exhausted. Lisa, do you know how much it costs to keep a pony? No. Well, it's a lot. In fact, your father had to take a second job. The poor guy. Where's he working? The Quickie Mart. <laughs> Lisa, I hope you realize that your father can't keep this up. You're gonna make me give up, Princess? Lisa, we can't make you give up that pony. I can make her. Just give me five minutes alone with her. No, Bart. No one's going to make her. This is something Lisa has to decide for herself. All the years I've lobbied to be treated like an adult have blown up in my face. <laughs> is that a take that Lisa's beliefs? Yeah. Oh, you know what? I think it is. I'll play the jingle. We've, we've got a jingle for this, uh, Mitch. Oh, hell yeah. Take that, Lisa's beliefs. <laughs> 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 whenever the show bags on lisa's beliefs so uh i think this it happened much more in the scully years that was when they crapped on lisa's beliefs the most i'd say but uh i love that uh the just bart's laughter of like ah like i have no respect for this guy like he's now working at the quickie Mart. he works for apu which bart already views as uh as a lesser person i guess <laughs> or just a guy he looks down on now he looks down on homer even more uh, apu not a friend of the family yet not yet no hasn't hasn't moved in with him yet the next scene of lisa watching bart torture him and just order him around is just so exhausted i i love to uh bart calls him pink hat which they have to recolor his hat pink for only this scene because it's it's a white hat the entire rest of the time Hmm. in the episode they it's (laughs) uh so keep an eye out it's pink only in this scene just for that line to work that bart says hey pink hat Uh, then uh yardley in uh, as she learns what she must do her acting here is so sweet like her her acting her sad acting here of lisa i i love this hey pink hat when i ordered that blueberry squishy i meant today coming right up sir and fill it to the top this time <laughs> yes sir <sighs> She likes a little carrot after her oats. 
And she really likes it when you scratch her behind the Aww. ear. And if you're playing the radio, she likes contemporary adult in the morning and easy listening at night. Please take good care of my princess. Although there is no change in my patrician facade, I can assure you my heart is breaking. <sighs> I'll never forget you. Aww. That uh, patrician facade joke, that was Mike Reese saying, uh, I'm imitating James L. Brooks. And he wasn't <laughs> very happy with the line, but I think it's great. Yeah, I think it's great. Yeah. yeah. It does sound like that's, a kind of Brooks feel there, though. Yeah, it does. Uh, I also, yeah, it's uh, just poor Lisa having to give away her thing one more time. It's so sad. Just She never never gets to be happy. That's such a sweet, Lisa. sweet. <laughs> Yeah, most uh, Lisa episodes are about her losing. Yep, yeah. Her not getting something and just yeah. losing it. Well, I was gonna say that that was a great run. There's I mean that that's a it's that's such a sweet ending with, with Lisa, but it's a, a, such a great run of Bart there, of of Bart being mean to Homer and laughing mm-hmm. at the guy and uh and 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 just calling him pink hat, which was funny that they had to recolor the hat. But uh <laughs> it's it's just such great bar stuff. And then again, there's just more jokes of of how you'll die uh working in a convenience store there's a lot there's there's even more of those but it's but that lisa realizing what she has to do is is just so sweet and and sad yeah the the poor her just that like so she gets destroyed at her recital like humiliated in a thing she'll never forget and then homer tries to make it up to her by giving her a thing she can't keep so giving her her dream that's even better than her dream and now she has to give it away really it's like homer cursed her twice in this yeah. like honestly and bar- you know bar- kinds of sadness yeah yeah and Bart never really Bart is just kind of playing a troublemaker this whole time. He's like, give me five minutes alone with her, messing with Homer. Never really has a comeuppance. Just kind of is done with the episode, right? Right there, right. He's like, a, yeah. He, he, he never Bart never has a sweet moment. He's just kind of being a little wise ass the entire time, which is great too. Bart's just having a good time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, the ending here. So uh, future showrunners Bill Oakley and Josh Weinstein, they love season three of The Simpsons. They patterned their seasons after season three. And this ending is very similar to uh, Lisa the Vegetarian, but I think intentionally because it's the same kind of ending. Like they reconcile and there's like a piggyback ride. Yeah. yeah. But uh, maybe I'm amazed does not play in this episode. (laughs) I'm I'm always waiting for it. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. And it's even leaving the uh, leaving the quickie mart as well. Yeah. Yeah, That's right. Because she she goes to the, uh, the garden on the roof. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but yes, it's uh, this is a very sweet. As as Gene and Reese always say, if you put thirty seconds of sweetness at the end of your episode, uh, nobody remembers anything else and just leaves them with a happy feeling. But this this last segment here is is very adorable. You call this melted cheese receptacle clean? Oh, the young man you replaced is rolling over in his grave. Dad, <laughs> you don't have to do this. Yes, I do. You see, Lisa. Grown-ups have a thing called money. Dad, I understand the sacrifice you've made for me. That's why I gave up the pony. You did? Mm-hmm. There's a big dumb animal I love even more than that horse. Oh, no. What is it, a hippopotamus? <laughs> I mean you, you dummy. <laughs> oh. Apu, you can take this job and restaff it. <laughs> Get it <up>, Dad! <laughs> He slept, he stole, he was rude to the customers. Still, there goes the best damned employee a convenience store ever had. <laughs> it's a condemnation of all 7-Eleven workers out there. Oh, man. Jeez. 
The last uh, punch to that was a James L. Brooks line there. Again, it's funny. Yes, on them. There's a secret. Co- if you guys have your DVDs, you know, there's a secret commentary on this. I bet not a lot of you listen to. Just get to that fifth audio track on the episode. You'll hear Mike Reese by himself talking about this episode. That's that's I, I, that ending is is really the big dumb animal and it's you it's it's just a really it's great it's a great 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 ending. yeah i love her like i mean you you dummy and just them them giggling away together also it's very nice of homer to not say shove it tapu you know yeah, he's, yeah. Like, he's not his enemy be nice but and you know that melted cheese receptacle it's the same one that will be devil james woods that's right we've been bringing up quite a lot on this episode <laughs> which Friend good. The sh- no no he not. deserves it yeah <laughs> He should be cursed by many a cheese. Yeah. <laughs> now that's what a cute episode, born out of workaholism, uh, an, an adorable, sweet episode. Maybe this week. I mean, this is why Al Jean loves Lisa Homer episodes. Yeah, like, their, their first one was moaning Lisa, right? Gene and Reese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's some of the best stuff Gene and Reese did. And and Gene, when he took over his solo show runner, he always made sure like at least one a season of a Homer and Lisa story, like a daddy daughter stuff, is always always very sweet in the show. Yeah, it's great. And and also just a shout out to the I'm not sure if the the chalkboard moment was new, but Bark Bart Bucks are not legal tender is a is a great no, uh, yeah. chalkboard opening. And uh and Yeah, and, no. Yeah. Were you guys going to go over those? Did I mention did I Oh no, no. You know what? Thank you for mentioning that. It was that was a brand new one and it was making fun of the Disney dollars that were relatively oh, new then. Yeah. That was a Ooh, Disney dollars right. joke. Yes, yeah. Why I'm only why, familiar with the itchy and scratchy money yeah. uh reference. <laughs> Weiger just sent just sent yeah. the, the Disney dollars. He sent it to me and Mike Carlson, one of the podcasts right guys. He's like, Carlson, do you want these? If not, I'm going to throw them away. But his mom had saved Disney dollars in a scrapbook. But I didn't realize that that was the. I just liked the idea of Bart Bucks. Anyways, or was was funny. And then the couch gag. I wonder if the, the couch gag probably a repeat. Uh, it's a fun one. Everyone sits on Homer. But it seems like maybe a repeat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. was it a repeat? Yeah, it's a. Re- they would. I think at this time they were doing twelve uh, seasons, so they double them up. I think it's a. If a, it might be the first time they showed it, mm. but yeah. But that's funny. They they haven't completely broken by season four. They're like, no, these can just be fully cartoony. They can't. They can happen in their own universe, and like the <laughs> yeah. rules can break in it. But, but yeah, it's uh no. This is uh just a great great episode. I mean, great episode. Any, any other final thoughts on it? No, it's 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 just that funny thing of like uh I mean like Bart gets an elephant comes after this and is also an episode that I that I love. But this is just like such a sweet episode. You got Bart playing just a little devil in the background, uh, and 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 Lisa kind of having to make the right choice. You're right. It is just kind of heartbreaking great music throughout it too there's the mm-hmm. music stings are really great there's a reason it's one of the it's, it's one of the classics it's in a new uh, you know a new a new animal as well i like any animal themed episode just one one of the best one of one of one of my all-time faves one of the all-time greats yeah. it's uh, great to see how strong they are in season three even this mm-hmm. early like a third of the way through the season it's just like they've shaken off all the old simpsons issues and now they're just like the show that we know and love and now. doing such a great episode while being so exhausted <laughs> but uh mitch thanks for joining us on the show yes. we really appreciate you giving us your time we know you're very busy uh please talk about where we can find you online and more about uh doughboys a great podcast about uh chain restaurants yeah dope you can get doughboys wherever you get podcasts we also uh have the doughboys double which is on patreon uh i was in a movie called the tomorrow war la- this last summer a year ago and that's on amazon uh, and you know what it was just announced just as we were recording but uh i'll be on uh twisted metal on uh peacock uh Ooh. Whoa. uh 
uh, in this. In I don't know when it will come out. There's no release date yet, but I'm, that's what I'm filming right now. So keep an eye out. Congratulations. Man. Thank you. Yeah, Congrats. very excited. Congrats. That's awesome. As we were recording, it got announced. That's so awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, truly. Yeah. My my involvement wow. in it, at least. Yeah, I'm, I'm very I'm very excited about it. But uh, yeah, check yeah, it out and watch The Simpsons. It's great. Watch watch more Simpsons. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on, Mitch. We've we've been wanting you have a, on the show. Uh, we've loved that we we so appreciate you gave us your time for this and and shared so many so many interesting stories about behind the scenes on the Simpsons too. We're really interested in that stuff. I'll I'll come back whenever for real. You guys are awesome. It was it was fun doing it. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks so much, thanks. Mitch. Thanks. Thank you so much to Mike Mitchell for being on the show. If you want to check out more of what he does, check out the Doughboys. And hey, turn on your damn television. Mike's all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but as for us, if you want to check out more of what we do and get these podcasts one week at a time and ad free, please go to patreon.com slash talking Simpsons. Sign up there for five bucks a month to get just that, but also access to everything behind the $5 paywall that includes over 100 miniseries episodes. They're full length about things like The Critic and Mission Hill, Futurama and King of the Hill. And you also get access to our monthly Patreon exclusive miniseries, Talking Futurama and Talking of the Hill that's only behind the $5 paywall only at patreon.com slash talking simpsons and there is a ten dollar level as well if you sign up for that you get access to all the five dollar stuff but also access to one extremely mega long podcast once a month only for patrons of that level or higher and what is that henry bob is talking about the what a cartoon movie podcast where we talk about an animated feature film super duper in depth just like we do the simpsons that often means we talk about an animated feature film for more than five hours and even the last couple have been over six hours long you never know how long it's going to be we've covered this month we're going to be doing beauty and the beast the disney class Classic. the month before that the little mermaid and of course we did our two over six hour long ones for toy story three and who framed roger rabbit that's one i know that uh, mitch really also enjoys that movie i should have suggested that one too but you can hear all of those i'd say over 260 hours of what a cartoon movies in addition all the five dollar things bob just mentioned if you go to patreon dot com slash talking simpsons today and sign up as for me i've been one of your hosts bob Mackey. you can find me on twitter as bob servo and my other podcast by the way is retronauts that's a classic gaming podcast all about old video games you can find that wherever you find podcasts or go to patreon.com slash retronauts sign up there for two full-length bonus episodes every month and henry what about you you can follow me on twitter at h-e-n-e-r-e-y-g stay up to date with all that's going on in my life where i'm always sharing fun simpsony things also be sure to follow the official twitter account of this podcast at talk simpsons pod to stay in the loop when new podcasts go live on the patreon on the free feed whenever there's a poll or other news going on with us also if you would like an easy to explore list of all the free episodes we've done of this podcast go to our official website talking thanks so much for joining us folks we'll see you again next week for season 13's jaws wired shut and we'll see you then I will sing a lullaby Once there was a way To get back homeward Once there was a way To get back home Sleep pretty darling, do not cry I will sing a lullaby. <gasps> Just in the nick of mm, beer. 
Hurry, Mo, hurry. I've only got five minutes till the music store closes. Well, why don't you go there first? Hey, do I tell you how to do your job? Sorry, Homer. You know, if you tip the glass, there won't be so much foam on top. Sorry, Homer. 